internet, is it better to be feared or respected? I say, the too much to ask for both. My name is Matthew Kroll. And hold on to your butts, I'm Jessica Tucker. It's funny how the colors of the real world only seem real when you vidy them on the screen. I'm Red. And I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. I'm Shahir Dowd, and welcome to... The only podcast about movies, 100th episode spectacular, everybody. Yes, come on! Ow! We did it. Yeah, you. We yeah. did it. That was some of our favorite quotes from all time. Uh, I think we should go out Soprano style right now, though, and just cut the and just, black. That's it. There's <laughs> no more. We just got to 100, <laughs> and this, this, the show ends. Uh, amazing. Um, guys, yes, thank you so much for tuning in. This is a huge moment for us. And Red and Jess, thank you so much for coming, two of our favorite guests to have on Aww. the show. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, us. This you. is great. I, yeah. I uh, you, We're all now, and this is the first time we've had more than three people, I think, in the studio. And you put up balloons. and I put up balloons. And we all wore very fancy suits. You'll see. Oh, and a very nice uh, dress. Not, mm-hmm. What is the dress? What is it? A lace top. There we go. Oh, I yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, the, we all wore, I wore a lace top. <laughs> you wore a lace top. <laughs> we all dressed pretty is what I'm saying. You'll see it in the image. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're, we want to basically, uh, Shahir, break down how we're doing this. So I was. I spent a lot of time thinking about what what, what does getting to 100 mean to us and why why is 100 important? Well, you get an extra life. It's an life. arbitrary number. You get right? an extra life when you get a hundred coins. I Is know it that. Is like a hundred Sonic rings and Sonic? hundred Sonic rings. I think there was a max of 50. Uh, I, I thought when you got so Sonic, Sonic didn't rings. make it as far no, as we hundred Sonic rings, you get an extra life. No, that's Mario coins. No, Sonic rings. <laughs> Bing. We're off to Bing. a great start. Bing. For no. everybody listening at home, just just write them right now. <laughs> yeah. And just just say she hears wrong one way or the other. Look, Matt has gone off to like to Google. I'm very this. busy. Oh yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> at any rate, I wanted to do something special. We're obviously not going to do a traditional review like we normally do on this episode. We're going to do something where we're. So you're not going to argue with Matt. Oh, oh no, we're, 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 gonna, yeah, we're already doing it. <laughs> we're, okay. We've already started arguing about Sonic rings. Um, but what I wanted to do was take a look back at the at the 99 episodes that we've done so far and talk about something that I think has come up a few times in many of the reviews we've, we've done, which is which films have we done will stand the test of time? Define the test of time. The test of time to me. Now, you guys might have a different opinion about this. The test of time to me is which of these films are we going to talk about in 10 years in casual conversation? As in they have become part of the cultural zeitgeist mm-hmm. uh, of time. You realize how difficult. Of, well, but of, of a you know of a uh, of a especially from the ninety nine you know well and it's not ninety nine because there are we do special episodes obviously sure sure but of the films that we've done we do we our range is quite wide so you know we'll have like a short film in yeah. there occasionally we'll yeah. have uh, a film an obscure film like a pigeon sat on sat on a branch mm-hmm. reflecting on existence, yeah yeah you know so and, it's really difficult to like figure out and it's funny because even when we were trying to brainstorm quotes for the beginning we're like what are these quotes that are like mean a lot to us from movies and those those are the quote like those films mm-hmm. at least for personal reasons are the ones that are going to stand the test of time for us. Well, yeah. us. but that's a good, so, so, I even, that's so a good, even without the limitation of the 99 or whatever films we've done yeah. to do that in the pool is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are certain films obviously that get referred to as, as important movies that have stood the test of sure, time. For sure. And you know, for whatever you think about these, um, you know, for example, the Godfather, uh-huh. we talk about, you know, the Godfather is still part of our cultural right. uh, of our <laughs> understanding of pop culture. So, 
Citizen Kane gets referred to a lot. I think the, the reason I bring up Citizen Kane, though, that's interesting, is that Citizen Kane wasn't in the pop culture sort of space for many years. It, it was a film that actually essentially got forgotten for many years mm-hmm. until, say, Pauline Kael wrote her article, Raising Kane. So films kind of drop in and out and yeah. come back. Yes. And it's interesting so to this see. This is the case for all literature. What is the case for all of you? You know, Moby Dick suffers the same kind of suffered the same kind of forgotten about. Yeah, people forgot about it and brought back. So, uh, and I'm so I'm curious about that, and I'm curious about because we talk. You know, like one of the things we talked about, and the the episode that really comes to mind is for some reason it's Mission Impossible (laughs) Five, and that's a deep cut for us. But I think it was like I was like I don't even remember the episode. That was a great episode to listen to. I re-listened to so many of the episodes in preparation. Oh, really? Yeah, you did the hundred hours. No, I did. uh, I think at the end of the day, I think I did uh, 48 hours. Oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Um, and it you was a must... lot of fun. It, it was. And, and uh, uh, Anastasia listened to some with me. Yeah. And uh, you know how when people talk back at the movie, uh, in the movie theater? Like oh, they who talk was she yelling at more, Matt or me? It, do I really need to say? <laughs> yeah, you do. It was you. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, it was, it was I would have bet thought, on you. I would have yeah. thought Anastasia had more taste than that. No, keep going. No. <laughs> she was so confused. She was like, I thought we ate dinner with this man. He was so nice. How could he say these horrible things? <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I just went through and counted which ones I had seen, and it was twenty five. Okay, that's yeah. A, yeah. that's a good yeah, ratio. Yeah, I, I, yeah. That's Since I'm twenty five percent of the podcast right now, I thought that was okay. That worked. Yeah, you yeah. did it. I made the quota. Yeah, you guys have watched so many films. Just think about mm-hmm. one hundred films is, mm-hmm. is is a lot of films to watch. Yeah, in yeah. such a short period of time. And those are just the ones we we reviewed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. We watch we watch films yeah. outside of that. Yeah, as well. to be critically thinking about these things. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to make you guys tire out from patting yourselves on the back, but you should really think about patting ourselves on the back. Patting yourselves <laughs> on the back. I have a question. Whenever you Top two, list. Shahir and Matt, see a movie together, do you not talk about it until you get here? Uh, most of the times, yeah. not. Like, yeah, we try. It's actually awkward to see a movie with Matt. Because it's like, you know, afterwards you want to hang out and talk mm-hmm. about the movie, but we can't. we can't. And also, we never know how long is too long to be holding hands because we, it, it's like it gets sweaty in there and then it's weird. Yeah. We just shift to crotch holding halfway through the movie usually. <laughs> I was well, waiting. No, for let's, 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 <laughs> Shahir shifts to crotch holding. I have more respect for the theater than that. <laughs> oh, he has more respect for me, is what it is. I have no respect for him. I'll just grab bits of him. I'll grab him by the pussy. No. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, before we go, so, so essentially, I want to talk about the test of time whatever that means we're going to get into that in a little more detail before we go on i did want to make a shout out this week some very sad news uh, uh filmmaker of note for me in particular but i think a filmmaker of note for everyone mm-hmm. yes uh jonathan demi passed away uh at the age of 73 um and he's a filmmaker that i think i, I was looking back um and my quote were from at the beginning was from the silence of the lambs i think the silence of the lambs might have been one of those first movies where i was like thinking about the construction of the movie mm-hmm. because it was definitely the first movie I can think of, it actually wasn't now that I say it out loud, but, but where I read the book and then watched the movie and I was trying to sort of compare how the book had translated into the movie. And the thing about Sons of the Lambs is it translates perfectly. It is what, probably one of the best adaptations of a novel to screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went on to do uh, Philadelphia the following year, um, which I, again, is a phenomenal film. The, you know, uh, the, the years after that, um, he, he didn't sort of have the Oscar spotlight on him as much. He did a adaptation of Toni Morrison's uh, Beloved with Oprah Winfrey. He did a couple of remakes, The Truth About Charlie, which is a remake of Charade. He did uh, the Manchurian Candidate remake. But the one, the, 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 the jewel in the crown that I think is really astounding is a film called Rachel Getting Married. I don't know if you guys have yes. seen that. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Hathaway. Bit, yeah. 
It's phenomenal. I think that movie is fantastic. Um, and it, it kind of showed this is a guy who like made such a huge impact in the horror thriller genre. Mm-hmm. And he never went back to the well. Like he. he, he yeah, won- he just kept moving forward. He kept moving forward and trying different things. Even and- my most favorite, like what I would consider prolific directors like that move on and try to do other stuff. And it's never maybe even not quite as good. I'm not saying his stuff isn't, but I'm saying like then they always go back to what they're like known for and great at. There's yeah. a lot of pressure as a director. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, look, I love David Fincher, but David Fincher continues to go back to the serial killer genre because mm-hmm. it's I mean, and he does do interesting things with it. But but it is kind of like sometimes when he does go back, you're like, oh, are we doing this again? Well, yeah, uh, but for the, I'm not even sure if it's a comfort zone for him. I yeah. think he finds just his brain. Yeah. yeah, I think he I think his brain finds something compelling about that as opposed to, you know, a, a more like studio oriented director. I mean, you could even, that, like, yeah. you know, like, oh, we're just going to do another action film. We're going to mm-hmm. keep doing the same action film over and over again. I mean, the yeah. other thing with Jonathan Demme as well is he was known for his music documentaries, even as recently as 2016 did uh, Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids, which I think oh, is on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, it's uh, really good. Yeah. And then Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads movie. Um, so, you know, he's a guy who just had a big range mm-hmm. and started out, you know, started out like almost every great American uh, filmmaker working with Roger Corman, yeah, Corman. Uh, <laughs> and uh, working on a film called Caged Heat, which I've seen. Um, Caged Heat. Yeah. It's kind of funny. We owe so much of our cinematic masterpiece history to Roger Corman. It's amazing because Roger, I didn't realize Roger Corman is still alive. Yeah. You know, like he's still, <laughs> he, he tweeted about Jonathan Demi's passing and I was like, oh wow, the, the mentor is still going. He's yodering on this, yeah. this whole thing. It's his force spirit. <laughs> so uh, just uh, much respect out to Jonathan Demi. Uh, his films have ma- meant a lot to me personally and it was very sad to hear his passing. I feel like he's a filmmaker that does, you know, like has f- moved away from the spotlight, but in in relation to our conversation that right. we're about to have, he has made uh, at least one film that I think will stand the test of time uh, forever. And I think if you dug deep into his catalog as well, you will find many films that will personally yeah. hold the test of time. And, and I, I, f- I firmly believe in the future. <laughs> We'll, we'll return to his body of work. Of course. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll talk about it. Like mm-hmm. there, there's going to be, there's going to be periods where we kind of don't because there's exciting things. But when we have to dig back down, we're going to think about things like Philadelphia. We're going to think, well, obviously Silence of the Lambs you guys brought up or, yeah. you know, uh, stop making sense. That's these something wild. Melvin and Howard, you know, like this is, this is a guy who's really made an impact on the cinematic world. And, and the other thing I heard, I, I was, you know, I did a bunch of reading about him cause I was just sad you that can he passed. Read, can't you? I, I mean, occasionally, <laughs> I read good. You notice he always <laughs> says that, like, I was doing a bunch of reading. I was doing a bunch of reading. A bunch of reading, which is the most eloquent Swinton someone who does read could say, a bunch of reading. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, but, oh, I, I read a lot, so much. But he uh, he was still a champion of uh, of new young filmmakers as well, like, to the point where uh, at the screening of Moonlight at the Toronto Film Festival, he got up in the line of people that, you know, do the Q&A and didn't introduce himself as Jonathan Demi, the director of Silence of the Lambs, but just got up as, like, an audience member to say, my God, this film was amazing. I loved everything you did here. And he just wanted to like talk about the movie. So he was just a guy who was Mm -hmm. still passionate about cinema uh, and just a, you know, a sad loss to, uh, to the filmmaking community. Agreed. Uh, Well, actually uh, Shahir, just sort of uh, pivoting on that. If, if people were fans of cinema, uh, where could they actually find us to talk about him or other things in the movie biz? Yeah. If you wanted to reach out to us about your favorite Jonathan Demi films or talk about the films that we've done uh, as reviewers, uh, you can do so at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com hit us up on twitter at onlymoviepod go to our website onlymoviepodcast.com um, and write us in yeah we're really curious to hear what people think about Jonathan Demi and 
are definitely about your films that have stood the test of time. And I know we're going to define that more clearly here, but yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Write us in. Write us in. Let us know what you think the films uh, for you personally uh, will stand the quote test of time. And we will, over the next couple episodes, I'm sure, be reading off a bunch of different uh, people's opinions. One email we got was from Laura, who I believe is in Australia, but uh, was just saying congrats to our 100th episode. Thanks, Laura. And, and she, was, uh, she was basically saying what her favorite episode of ours was, oh god uh which was uh hunt for the world of people because that's where i found you guys i love the star wars marathon and shahir's slow deterioration into insanity yes. for each episode yes. the drive episode was pretty hilarious moonlight i put on almost immediately after i watched the movie oh. um and uh she enjoys any episode she's requested she's requested a few from us yeah um keep up the good work and arguments as a film student i cannot thank you enough for the filmmakers film ideas techniques etc that i discovered through listening to your show oh wow that's Aww. really nice thank you laura I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And I mean, if you, uh, yeah, I mean, hell, keep re- keep requesting stuff because it's super fun. Why are you fun. guys surprised about this? You're literally the only, the only podcast. Because there's movies. lots of podcasts about other things. Mark Maron's been doing some amazing stuff. <laughs> uh, last podcast on the left is wonderful. Hell, if you're gaming, the Angry Chicken. I just but, like I, there's other podcasts. There's only so much time. <laughs> you have to people watch the movies not, and they're like they're every, gonna listen to a podcast. Not everyone sits down and, re- and listens to 48 uh, episodes in a row. By the way, oh, okay, but they that, should hey, though. But they, they should. Thanks for yeah. spiking our numbers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, last last bit of housekeeping, iTunes. Uh, if you know, if you want to review us after this 100th episode, that would be lovely. As as Red has proven, there's lots of rever- uh, work of ours that you can review. I listened to you on the Apple TV streaming to uh, my stereo system, so it was big. It was so wild. so you hear us in the you feel like you're we're in the room with it's you. It's like I'm sitting with you. <laughs> what, That's like, terrifying. Is it, more, is it more like that than right now? Yeah, I think it is, actually. Okay, well, well, we try. That's terrifying. Um, But yeah, leave us some reviews. We'd really appreciate it. So Shahir, I I enjoyed this brainchild you've concocted. Uh, Why don't you start us up? Do you want to give the full definition of what you're thinking? Well, I I pulled a couple of quotes from uh, an interesting article. From your reading. From my reading, my bunch of reading (laughs) that I was doing. Uh, uh, just reading your own writing. Yeah, I, was re- I, I, I wrote stuff. I published it, and then I, re- I read it again. I tend to do that. Um, Quote Shahir Depp. <laughs> this is getting awkward. I'm not saying that a genius said this, but a genius did say this. Oh, God. Um, no, here's an interesting. Uh, I found an NPR article about uh, films that stand the test of time, and this is and this is this is usually a conversation people have around the Oscars every year. You know, like what films are gonna like stand the test of time? And sure. And should, and should, how wrong the Oscars often get. I know, and it's and I wonder like what the Oscars means because is the Oscar a metric for this is a film that absolutely is, not. I, no I way. think I think that's what it's trying to it's do. Trying One to. word for you, Oliver. I w- I would have said Chicago uh, or The Artist or uh, yeah. you know like even more recent films, but sure. Yeah, and Spotlight. Oh god, <laughs> a movie that we'll definitely be talking about in the near future. I'm guessing. <laughs> it's funny how like uh, the last couple of years it's been Spotlight. Moonlight next year should be daylight. Blacklight. Oh, what yeah. would blacklight be about? It'd be a porno. Probably. It's, a, <laughs> it's a stoner. Strike two. Strike two. It's a stoner. Yeah, yeah. She's only a gal. What happens at strike three? I have his hell. Please keep track of all of the nonsense, all of the sexually inappropriate things she hears. You lose saying, a sonic well, ring for every. Oh, oh. well, I've got a hundred. You, so. No, you have 98. Apparently, actually, it's more like 48, but we won't tell them. Uh, I'm just saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> not true. Let's not talk about blacklight anymore. Go on with your famous quote. Okay. So Steven Spielberg in this, uh, was 
polled in this NPR interview saying, what makes movies timeless are audiences. He said that they are the custodians of these visual memories, these stories, and by holding onto a film or a fragment of a film, that marks a time in your life that will always be a part of your life. Um, Bob Mandela, who's a film critic in the same article, said, man, I'd love to say it was quality and universal themes and leave it at that, but I think it can equally be the matter of an audience of fiction or when in your life you see a film and of the ever-changing zeitgeist. So I think I think already that brings into a couple of different categories for test of time because if, I think each of us will have films that have stood the test of time for us personally, yeah. but mm-hmm. but not necessarily in the zeitgeist. There's a film I love called Zitz, which is this kid movie. Oh yeah, spies. you talked about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I can't even find that movie on VHS now. You right. know, and, but I love that movie. Why are you looking for it on VHS? Because that it's not on DVD. Okay, you know, like I, 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 I look for it on Laserdisc. No, ah. if, you, if it didn't even make it on VHS, do you think it's going to be on Laserdisc? You'd be surprised what's on Laserdisc. <laughs> um, so. And then there are obviously the films that are award winners. There are the, and you know, which, which, which sometimes make it into the public consciousness. We also, we just mentioned a few that seem to be forgotten already. Mm -hmm. And then there are the films that are blockbusters, which make it into the public consciousness, either by virtue of being good or by virtue of the fact that they're on the most screens and they make Mm -hmm. the most money. So I think, you know, what I tried to do while having this conversation going through our our list was categorize, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, these movies according to three different categories. And they were blockbusters, award winners, and um, cult favorites. So films that don't necessarily make a lot of money, but seem to like find an audience. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, before we do that all, I want to talk about forgettable films. I think this is a really good. Well, we've baseline. had a lot of discussions about forgettable film and whether or not it's valid. Yeah, uh, I think Wait, it what do you is mean valid. Well, you, you've, you in the past, good buddy, good pal, have have sort of shat on films because they they don't leave a lasting impression with you. Sometimes right. completely incorrectly too. Like, oh, like sometimes I'm listening to here and I'm wondering if he even saw the movie he's talking about. Wow! Give, give, give us a reference point. Give us your, a reference your, point. Your Deadpool review. Right. So, so I think Deadpool is a forgettable film. No, and no. It, it, it absolutely is not. In fact, mm-hmm. if I was polled right now, <laughs> if, uh, so it's a statistical anomaly of one. I would, I would say, yeah. It, what, how, you're quoting Spielberg. <laughs> statistical anomaly of one. I think. Okay, you're. Wait, are you putting yourself next to Spielberg as as as? as well, I'm sitting next to the genius Shahir Dow. I can obviously <laughs> sit next to Spielberg. <laughs> Okay. This is ridiculous. But if, if you were to ask me, it, it would definitely be like my top three favorite kind of like cult films. Okay. Okay. I, and I'm not saying your opinion is not valid. Oh, my, well, well, <laughs> but normally you. you would. What I'm saying is, is you're factually wrong. Oh, factually <laughs> wrong about my, wait, I'm factually wrong about my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> he, he has an article that he wrote himself to back himself up. Yeah. Right? yeah. Exactly. Challenge each other's personal written articles. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, for instance, Deadpool is, yeah. is something that could be dismissed as for, uh, forgettable and mm. has been by more erudite minded individuals <laughs> yeah. who may have missed the point that they're all supposed to be 2D cut out characters because it's actually just a coping mechanism that I, he's I, I, I don't buy that argument one bit. You, that's basically an excuse for like any bad movie. No, it's not. <laughs> not when it sets it up. Matt pointed out at the very beginning, they set up the rules, they followed the rules, and there is a, there is a strong emotional relationship that's going on. It happens to be presented as a secondary thing because it's the fun cartoon romp through that is his coping device that we're expecting. Experiencing. Will it work in another film? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it? I'm worried really? about that. Yeah, I don't know because of it's. It's very psychological in that sense. But and more importantly, it's very memorable for so many people because he's such a cult icon. 
I, th- I think, and it's an important moment in comic book uh, movies for being rated R. Not to get into Deadpool too much because we're going to talk about it. No, I'm sure. sure. Right. But, just but pass I, the popcorn real quick. I'm but, really enjoying <laughs> it. But I, w- I think just to just to paraphrase my my thoughts on that movie was that he is a memorable character. He's mm-hmm. unfortunately in a fair, fairly forgettable film. That's mm-hmm. that's my opinion of that movie. I yes. don't know where I stand on it because I feel like I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed a roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. but like I haven't thought about it since. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I, I just think, watched it again two days ago because right. after listening to you, <laughs> you want to like, make sure that's it. We're freaking watching this again. <laughs> and I'm going to do a, a feminist critique of how completely wrong Shahir is and how powerful of a movie this is when dealing with interpersonal relationships and tragedy and overcoming. Is this because she personal, picked him? What's that? Is this because she picked him in the movie? Is that, is that why this is a powerful critique? Oh, on well, I, I you know, like, cause I, I don't buy that uh, feminist critique argument yeah, either, yeah. but you know, <laughs> more power to Anastasia and I'm not giving her a chance to rebut. But <laughs> rebut, it all comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Forgettable movies. Guys, let's go around the room and just say of the movies that we reviewed, what are the ones that you think are the most forgettable? And I know this is sort of a little bit of an oxymoron because we're asking you to remember mm-hmm. films that you've probably forgotten. Hey, remember those films you forgot, Jess? Tell I, us what they are. I had to revisit the list. So Terminator Genesis was the first one. Yeah. Yep. 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 Can't yep. disagree with that yeah. one. That's 100% I'm, ag- I'm in agreement. Yeah, I, and I what what was your sort of criteria for what makes a forgettable film? Like, other than I've just forgotten it, I don't <laughs> I don't think that in ten years anyone would remember ever think made. about. It. Well, I was going to say like I mean Terminator Two obviously is one of my yeah. it's one of my seminal films yeah. for me, and I yeah. would say almost as a uh, a generational touch point. Yeah, um, and you can I've had I've had uh, I've suggested it to sort of like. Uh, young younger filmmakers or whatever who haven't seen the movie, they're like, do I need to see the first one? I was like, no, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you can just jump in. I mean, the first one's fine. Yeah, uh, but like every time I've sh- I asked someone to watch Terminator Two, they come back and be like, holy shit! Like I didn't know like action movies back then could be like that. Yeah, like could be that good. So, but then yeah. you go, you jump to Genesis, and you're like. Okay. Like, I think Genesis is a really interesting um, uh, reference point as well because it's kind of, you know, we should. The thing about Terminator 2 is that it's so memorable and it's so at the cutting edge of technology. Mm-hmm. And we should have, and, and, you know, Genesis is what, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. And we should be like at a point, you know, we should have reached the next level. But the T1000 looks worse than Genesis. Yeah, How yeah. is that it's, possible? It's just the worst movie. Yeah. I don't know. Was that, is that your one or have you got others that you know, you're thinking about? I hate to say this because I really, really like Sicario too, but mm. I don't. Don't think about I don't. It. Think so that's the it. opposite side of the spectrum. I feel like Sicario is a film that's like made well, but there's something off with it that does mm-hmm. make it fall into It'll like know, Genesis yeah. is is a bad movie. Right. Uh, even though Lizard Brain me liked it at the time, I will mm-hmm. never sort of think about it. And I didn't really. I don't, I don't need like it's mm-hmm. like I remember scenes, whatever. But Sicario, like you you watch it and you're like, I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. And then afterward, I'm like, actually, I don't know if I did. And then it gets I, into that weird sort of, at least for me. I, I've watched it again since then. Cause I, I think about that movie a lot, but I, I agree. It's not necessarily a film that might hold cultural significance, right. but it personally for me, I think it was, right. it's an, it's an excellent movie. Like I would recommend it to someone, but yeah. like, I don't know if I, yeah, I, I don't know if I could say it again. it's not going to, I don't think it sits the world on fire, right. but it's a very, very good movie. Yes. But, um, Jason, have you got any others or, um, that you were thinking about? No, she forgot them all. She forgot them all. All right, red. All right, so... As I explained off camera, you're you're really in here to fight with me, aren't you? No, no, no. no. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, I'm absolutely... Yes. Um, (laughs) 
as I explained off camera, mm -hmm. this is a very difficult question. Yeah. Okay. Because you've, you know, we're mm -hmm. talking about a, a personal relationship with film, mm -hmm. a personal relationship that the film has to any given audience. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes I can't remember films that I've seen that I really like, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. doesn't make them forgettable. It just makes me tired when I watch them. Like you saw me struggle to think of a line from my favorite movie. And it was a clockwork orange, right? Yes. That's yeah. correct. Yes. Um, but I found that out of the hundred films or so that you reviewed so many of them, I thought initially so many of them fell into the forgettable category, but right. then as, I, as I, as I went back, I realized, Oh, not that many actually just one third of the amount of them that yeah. I've seen. And when you think <laughs> about it though, how many movies a year does uh, the industry put out and how many of them do we end up talking about? So I think that's actually a significant number yeah. that you guys have brought to the table here. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh, you're welcome. And they kind yeah. of, they, we deal in forgettable. Forgettable yeah. has become <laughs> one of two things. They become like the kind of like, like uh, studio tripe, uh, forgettable. Mm -hmm. um, let's just uh, say what we have to say. Fantastic Four, for instance. Sure. Okay. Sure. Right. Forget. It. I, I. In fact, oh. I think that that's a, that's it's rememberable for a number of reasons, just not the right ones. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe comic book blogs ten years from now will be mentioning it about how terrible it was. It's kind of like Ang Lee's. Its the Hulk. existence <laughs> isn't forgettable, but the actual film itself, with you like watching it, is a hundred percent. So there's there's that. And, yeah. and then uh, for me, there's there's other films that just have not stood the test of time very recently. Okay. Um, for instance, Kung Fury for me is one Aww. that just is just not real worth rewatching because it's, it's just though, because jokey and, and the spectacle doesn't hold up upon multiple uh, reviews. I'm like, oh, well, it's my, that's my favorite video game that I never played huh. and I'm done with it. It's interesting. I, I, I don't know if I would put Kung, Kung Fury is a film that I would uh, probably uh, move off the list just because it's a short film. And I think it's it's a prom, more of a promotional. <gasps> That's piece. That's what I'm saying. It's but a promotional it, piece. It's not holding itself together. But as, I think it holds up better than a lot of. I disagree yeah. with both of you on, <laughs> on different points. I think a we shouldn't take anything off because it's a short film sure. or a promotionally nonsense thing. Uh, also, uh, I think it's interesting, Red, that you didn't like it upon a repeat viewing. I've watched it. You know what it is, though. Here's what it is. You watch it with friends and have yeah. a party. You all know. Yeah, I watched it with. Every time I've watched it, I've watched it with someone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, right. and that is it's a fun. A, yeah. And I'm always like, <laughs> yeah. Like, so it does that. Maybe I, I would probably feel the same way you feel if I was just like popping it on, like hanging out. And I think that's a great film to discuss because it really brings in audience reaction. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a really good film. Um, to think about whether or not it's actually forgettable or not. For me personally, it is. For okay. you, it hasn't become because you're always a fresh audience. You have a personal relationship with this film and the personal relationship is sharing it with friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Touche. Yeah. Got any others? Oh my goodness. As far as forgettable films, I mean, Entourage, Genesis, Fantastic Four, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny, yeah. Batman v Superman, X-Men hmm. Apocalypse, Warcraft, Suicide Squad. Didn't um, you champion Warcraft in, in a, in a, I did. In a panel once? I said, I said it was, I said it was good, but it doesn't mean it's memorable. Right. I okay. don't think I'm going to be talking about it in 10 years. Okay. Yeah. I don't think a film class is going to be teaching no. students about it in right. 10 years. Right. But that doesn't mean that it's going yeah. to be in the film lexicon as a conversation piece. We're not going yeah. to go to a bar and talk about that one time. Yeah, yeah. That's a different pedigree altogether. I feel like films that are shown in like film school. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and uh, that, that, that pretty much right. sums up the kind of like, you know, like, uh, I'm not going to remember. I don't <laughs> okay. think we're going to be talking about it over tacos. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll run through mine very quickly. Uh, there are many films that I think in recent years, I guess if there's one thing that I've been trending uh, against or, or trying to rally against, it's films that tend to do nothing. 
Um, and so films like Jurassic World does nothing. I disagree. I, I think it just it does, produced a sequel. That's but it does nothing as a story. <laughs> it does nothing. Franchise. You know, like like think about Jurassic Park versus Jurassic World oh, in terms yeah. of what they do. And Jurassic uh, World just does nothing. It's, it's treading water. And I and yeah. one of the things for me that movie that that I that I do have a problem with is films that tread water. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jurassic World is one of those. Mission That's Impossible true, Five. You really can't. I can't remember the plot. Yeah, no, I remember I liked it. I remember it. Here's, here's the thing though. I, 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 uh, I can't rule those out because they're part of a larger collection that's mm-hmm. always going to be in a box set. So people are going to be referring to this. It's like I couldn't rule out Star Wars Rogue One, even though I don't particularly like it. And I don't think people will be actually significantly thinking about it or trying to recreate or deconstructing it anytime in the future. But because it's attached to the rest of the Star Wars universe, it's always going to be in our mind. Right. But. Is that the same reason why, I mean, like, for example, because Jurassic World is attached to the Jurassic yeah. universe, does that mean it's worth something? I really do. I, really I, think, I think in discussion, we're always going to talk about how uh, Jurassic World uh, theme park mega mm-hmm. raptor, cha- what was it called? Jurassic uh, World? Raptor chapter? Is yeah. that yeah. what you're about? Raptor, raptor chapter. chapter. Wow. <laughs> how it's, <laughs> that's good. I would read any book with yeah. a chapter. Yeah. I, I would, yeah. yeah. In fact, I, I would begin reading. Yeah. Um, she here's already read it, though. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, I, in fact, I wrote it. Yeah. But I think people will always be talking about how Jurassic World, like you, doesn't match up to the, uh, and because of that, it's not going to be forgotten. Because right. of that, it's always going to be a footnote. It's always going to be. It might be remembered negatively, but it will still be remembered. Yeah. So does that mean Timothy Genesis will also be remembered? No. Mission Imp- and that's, that's the, that's the argument, because, right? but this is, And this is <laughs> yeah, what it is. That is my argument. But yeah, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to kind of flippy floppy on both of that because so Jurassic World for me. Flip flop away. Uh, I. I liked it. I've right. watched it a couple times. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I, th- I think it's, and again, I know this is all personal and conjecture yeah. and we're going to be doing this whole thing the entire day. But like uh, the reason why I think uh, like, for instance, Terminator Genesis, even though it is attached to uh, the Terminator franchise is utterly forgettable versus Jurassic World is, uh, I don't think utterly forgettable mm-hmm. is there are, does, does Jurassic World fall into a lot of tropes? Yes. Does it do anything close to what the original Jurassic Park did? No. But again, it's the fourth movie in a franchise. And I'm not saying that's an excuse, but it's, it's like a bit of a reason of like, you're never going to have your Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is coming out soon. And it's not going to be as good as the first one. Okay. It's just not. So like I've never, and with actually Terminator 2 might be the only exception of a sequel that I've been like, holy shit, this God is about to. I don't know. Godfather Part 2 is extraordinary. But no, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I don't know if I like it better than one. Okay. But my point is this. <laughs> Jurassic World does enough right for me and add that in to the fact that it is attached and you will always have the dichotomy of the original Jurassic Park and Jurassic World and why Jurassic Park is better. You take those two things, you know, in tandem and that's going to make it not forgettable. That's going to make it like still people will discuss. I feel like the Jurassic World and Jurassic Park are going to be the two things that are brought up in a seminar talking about the difference between there. There is actually a video essay of comparing those two films and talking about why one works and one doesn't. There's a really, it's a really good, I think I I posted it on our, you you did. I remember that. Yeah. It was Um, the casting in Jurassic Park was just like, so all of those characters are so memorable and Chris Pratt has to hold all of world all by himself. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. I mean, I, I just disagree with the idea that because it's part of a franchise it's therefore <laughs> which has some great movies it's therefore memorable because that means that Terminator Genesis is therefore memorable and it's not 
But no, uh, no one's holding this. The difference is no one's holding Terminator Genesis up against like Terminator Two, where everyone is holding because they're not. There's like, oh, this is a shitty movie, and then people are trying to figure out why Jurassic World didn't work as good as Jurassic Park. People are doing essays on. It. I guarantee you, maybe there's, there's one probably or two an essay on Terminator Genesis why versus, it doesn't work. Yeah, versus Terminator, but not two. as many he people. Reads are, a lot. I know. But not as many much. people are having that discussion. That's my point. Right. I, I, I look. I again, uh, it's not a personal. You know, like if you personally attach to Jurassic World, more power to you. I just sure. I personally what else? What else in your forgetting film? And I and I disagree with that argument that because it's part of a franchise, it's therefore memorable. Um, Sometimes because, because Mission Impossible because uh, it's part of a franchise because it's part of a crazy cult franchise. Like these are these these are uh, you know yeah, here's a here's a here's a point that I would inject into into to help your argument out a little bit. If it's part of a, what I did there. If it's part of a, a of a of a larger narrative and the narrative is continuous through the franchise, then I think then you can, you can make that argument that therefore it has value. But in the case of Jurassic world, Jurassic park, I don't think that that is the case. I think here's the thing. What, what series of films seems to do that all the time that Shahir keeps rallying against, you know, I, um, did I quote one in the beginning of this podcast? Was it, was it all all the Marvel movies? For a second, (laughs) did you guys feel the smug quotient go up in the room? Oh no, that that was the most (laughs) smug I've ever had. It was amazing. I it was, was like just, that South Park episode when it was like smoke. Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> I it made a promise really good. to myself <laughs> to not feed you Marvel Universe stuff. That, hey, that's I fine. That's fine. And you know what? If this is my one moment for having a hundred episodes of me liking the smell of my own farts, then that is a hundred percent fun. So other movies that so uh, in that space, uh, I think Mission Impossible 5 is ultimately a forgettable film. I think The Force Awakens is a forgettable film. I think Rogue One is a forgettable film. And in, and in the case of, of, of filmmakers that I really like, um, I, that I think have made forgettable films. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight, as I, I think, is a forgettable film. Uh, the Coen Brothers' Hail Caesar is a forgettable film. Can I, can I stop you there too? What? Well, another thing that I realize is that these guys, Tarantino, mm. Coen Brothers, have an oeuvre that's just always discussed against itself. Do you think that um, people won't be discussing Hateful Eight as a film as a part of the Tarantino oeuvre? You know, like. 10 years from now in say film school or pretending to be drunk over non-alcoholic drinks. And I'm sure, I'm sure it'll come up in conversations for people who have watched all of Quentin Tarantino's movies and, and look at his body of work as a single oeuvre. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I think the average film goer was going to, is going to talk about Pulp Fiction and probably won't talk about the hateful eight. Can you both say oeuvre at the same time? I knew you were going to say that. Three, three, <laughs> say with two, one. Right. Uva. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was for the ladies in the my, audience. My number one forgettable film that we reviewed, though, it has to be Entourage. I think yeah. that is completely. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even know that that was a movie. There you yeah. go. There you go. Hey. It's a film that treads water, that does nothing. It is. It is simply exists for as uh, as a as a, 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 a like a road sign to hey, we did the series once. Here's a longer two hour version of one episode. And mm-hmm. you know, it's so funny because that is at the top of my forgettable list. Yeah. But also, still kind of liked it. Oh, but I'll never what, think about it again, and I, I don't what, have to. You know what did that and work though is Sex in the City because the Sex in the City movie did really well. What do you mean financial? But for you, for you personally, do you ever think about the Six in the City movie? No. <laughs> but what I was actually but like people do, I guess. Right. So back with the uh, same night movie review with Stephen Buzier, who we'll be hearing from later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we reviewed the Sex in the City movie, and I'd never seen Sex in the City before yeah. ever. I didn't watch the series either. The, yeah. the first forty-five minutes of the Sex in the City movie are really good. Do they have Sex in the City? Uh, no. Uh, uh, but but this is the, but this is the thing, and then it like takes this weird like nosedive into like just time jumping with holidays and like every stupid decision over. And I was just like, what is the series? I couldn't tell what the series was like, so I never even looked. 
Anyway, but uh, so sorry, that was a tangent. So yes, entourage. <laughs> what's what's your movie? Entourage. Is that isn't that what the robot was saying when he was delivering little Luke and Leia? Entourage, obviously. Also, my other one was Whiskey Tango Foxtrot back at episode mm. thirty-three. I liked it, but uh, I was like, come on! I just wanted to like remember it. I wanted to mean something. You just like it because it has Foxtrot in the title. No, I like it because it had Tina Fey in the and Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah. So that's a oh. double feature that I would go see at any point. Um, and then, oh God, Shahir, I'm so sorry, but Spotlight. Um, now I I would I would actually agree with you. What that it hasn't like lift a cultural imprint, but I, I have a reason for that, which okay. is that I think it, and I, I brought this up in another episode, but I think sometimes the uh, winning best picture Oscar can be a neg- it, negative it against a the film. Because, in it, the coffin. because it kind of puts the full stop on the conversation about that movie. Well, it oh, won. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's so, great. so That's super interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with that. I love that movie and I've I watched it three times since. Um, I know you're, you're not a fan of it, but yeah, I do agree that in, you know, sometimes, you know, having all the accolades, does kind yeah. of work against you in the long run. I was trying to look at it from, and it's hard because I do really dislike the film, but hmm. that's, I'm trying to not even like, I've said the things I like about it before. Like there's, there's things in it that are, you know, good filmmaking. But the thing about it is if we're, if we're going off of the, will this be discussed in 10 years? I don't think anyone film class or no will bring up spotlight. I think they might be like, I remember that movie. I liked it. I wonder though, to me, uh, I think spotlight might come back up in the same way that all the president's men came back up, you know, like it, as well, a just fil- from its society, like a cultural touch. Point yeah. And, as a, and, and, and right now we're having this entire conversation about fake news, about journalism. And I feel like spotlight might come back up in mm-hmm. that, in reference to that. Okay. Um, so that's I, a fair argument. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, but again, I also love that movie. All right. Well, so that's pretty much all my forgettable ones. I'm sure there's more, but I just can't you seem just to remember. remember yeah. um, so before we break down, I wanted to go through all of your, I wanted to go through the lists of Blockbuster, then Cult, uh, what was it, Cult something something, <laughs> and then uh, Award Winners. Okay. But before we do that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special treat for episode 100. Uh, previous guests uh, of the show have sort of, uh, from around from around the world, have sent in world, their world, world. world. Wait, hold on. I got it. <laughs> from around the world. Uh, have sent in mostly New York. The, <laughs> mostly New York. Have sent in uh, their their thoughts and their and their sort of feelings about what their favorite film was this year. And also Shahir, they actually reviewed us. Oh wow! Oh. So I'm gonna play. I feel like if Anastasia wrote in, I would not be enjoying <laughs> this. The the, the 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 thing that needed to be done to have a thing here was to be on the show. Okay. Uh, so sorry, Anastasia. Uh, but she's more than welcome. Anastasia, come on down. I'm, I'm, I would just love to see her listen to this episode. Oh, I can't wait. Because I, I did <laughs> film like, it. I, the voice I did for her. Yeah. Terrible. She's going to kill me for that. Okay. Also to fill in the blanks, Anastasia is Red's wife, correct? Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Uh, we didn't say that. I don't think it was established. Oh, again. she could have been anybody. Could have been anybody. She could have been the mythical Fans princess from from Russia Town. Fans on the show haven't looked at our wiki page. <laughs> we have a wiki page. <laughs> All right. I wrote it. So, uh, <laughs> of course, you fucking did. All right. Uh, this is and from Reddit. All. All right. Here we go. Hey, what's up? This is Gabrus, I guess, recording a little thing for the only podcast about movies. So my favorite film the show has reviewed in the past, I feel like in recent films, it's got to be Arrival. 
Um, I'm a big sucker for movies that promote science positively. You know, even The Martian, uh, you know, number one comedy of the year was I really loved it, you know, and in Arrival, any movie that makes breaking down a sentence give me chills, then holy shit. And how come Amy Adams wasn't nominated for that? She's fucking good in that movie and she's doing a lot. And it's very interesting. And based on all the other nominees that year, fuck it. Okay. Now a quick review of Shahir. Shahir, I've never met you. Even the one episode of the podcast I did, you weren't on. So, what can I say about you other than I know you hate fun, <laughs> based solely on what Crawl tells me about you? Shahir, I'm sorry to tell you this, but why don't you just like fun, for crying out loud, bro? Okay, now a quick review of Crawl or Matt, whatever you guys call him. Um, let's just say this. One of the first times I met Kroll, he was producing a segment we were shooting at Comic-Con, and he had on a blazer over a Spider-Man costume. So, that's an adult man who wore that to a job. Yes, we were shooting at Comic-Con, but he was a producer. So, one of the first times I worked at Kroll, I could see the entire outline of his genitals, and... (laughs) I I knew I liked him at that moment. Um, All right, guys. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more. Although, you know I don't really listen to that many. That was John Gabers, everybody, from the amazing podcast High and Mighty. I'm looking at the outline of your crotch right now, and I really don't like you. Well, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I've taught you to fear it. Um, His arrival argument. Great argument. Yeah. I forgot how excited I was about that. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Next, we're going to hear from another uh, guy code brother in arms, Mr. Andrew Schultz. Hi, this is Andrew Schultz. I am uh, currently doing this review thing on the 6 train going downtown. Anyway, let's get to it. A movie that you guys have reviewed. Here's my review. Arrival. I really loved it. I think it's an amazing movie. That being said, I was very high when I watched it, and I don't smoke weed at all, so I'm not sure if it was the mango licorice I was eating that made it so delightful. I'm not sure if it was the vegan Oreo cookies that I was making eating that made it so delightful, but something made it very, very delightful. Now, my review of um, Shahir, my boy. My boy loves Shahir. Great guy, great hair, great height. Okay, these are all aesthetic things. I'm describing him like I would describe a girl that I was dating to one of my friends. Um, but besides that, intelligent dude, uh, really like breaking down the nuances of uh, not only film but religion with him. We have great discussions outside of you know just movies. Crawl, I love you. Love crawl. Um, one of my favorite people, to be honest, when it comes to uh, the shows I work on over at MTV. Always happy to see him. Always smiling. Always in a good mood. Always in a shirt that's three sizes too small. So what's going to happen is, for the 101st episode, we're going to buy him a size medium shirt. That being said, Matt seemed to really know and care about film. Um, always down to here your opinions on these things and it's not just film it's story in general he got me reading comic books at 30 years old i mean that's influential right there right you get a 30 year old man to read a comic book he must know what's going on he must have some charisma you know with that kind of charisma you could get anybody to do anything i digress i wish you guys the best i can't wait to come back on i almost got run over by a bicycle messenger doing this for you 
Wish you the best in the future. Much success. And I look forward to uh, coming back on and doing another movie. We got we to gotta figure it out. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Mr. Schultz, star of both big and small screen and co-host with Charlemagne the God of the Brilliant Idiots podcast. That was really exciting. How out of breath he got. <laughs> we got a whole thing of him running from the subway up to the street. Oh, my God. Schultz, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for that shirt, man. Uh, we will get the medium shirt. All right. Uh, and the last one in this little batch is from our good friend at Extra Credits and our brother in gaming arms, Mr. James Portnow. Check out all of Extra Credits stuff on YouTube. They just hit a million subscribers. It's all awesome. He did something a little different. This is James Portnow from Extra Credits. I was just thinking fondly back to that time that DJ Duck Hunt Demon and I did that marathon episode reviewing every single trauma film. I still disagree with him about the humanist underpinnings of Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD, but him revealing the intertextual ties between Cannibal Musical and Yeti A Love Story just changed my life forever. So, DJ, keep fighting the good fight to make sure that someone out there is keeping the idea of doing a podcast about movies alive. Yeah, so that <laughs> was my buddy James. Uh, he's talking my alter ego, whatever I DJ, is DJ Duck Hunt Demon. There's a whole mask and a costume. I'm sure you're all very impressed. It's on the wiki. Uh, it is on the wiki. It is now. So those are just some of the wonderful... Th thank you, James, for writing in. Uh, or writing in. Thanks speaking. to everyone. Yeah, thanks to everybody. This has been... Thank you, everybody, for all of your uh, kind words thus far and hopefully in the future. But now it's time to start talking about your blockbuster category. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, look, again, this is just the way I broke it down. And I am, I'm now going to enforce the way you broke it down. Since this is officially the start, I feel my uh, the alcoholic in me needs to crack a beer at noon. So Wait, we needed it, a we, sound effect. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there we 50 go. 50 minutes in before we actually got started. Welcome to Thunderdome of the 100th episode. <laughs> Did you just open that with your wallet? Yeah. Yeah, I did, Jess. Dang. Yeah. And you, his, his wallet is wafer thin because his pants are so tight. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Wear <laughs> I don't hear you complaining nightly. Um, <laughs> should we start, Jess? Do you want to start with uh, your blockbuster picks of what you think out of the blockbuster films? Which ones might okay. stand the test? Okay. Well, this is interesting because the, I've there was like a lot of overlap, which is fine. Okay. For me. All right. Um, overlap in terms of blockbuster and cult and award winner okay wow the trifecta uh-huh all right the what is it mad max okay yeah it didn't win too many awards too many, but it was not but it did win it did win did win a few awards um also star wars the first one yeah Which, the first one yeah. wait when you say first, first she means episode the, i mean four. number four yeah. i love that this will always okay. be a thing yeah. i know yeah. i know yeah. Which is the the first I mean, podcast Wars, I came on. Yeah, Star yeah. Wars is already a movie that's what? How many years old? It's like seventy. Sure, but it's, 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 it's already a film that's... Yeah, but, you know. but yeah. it's she's saying it's still going to be talked about 10 years from now. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree yeah. with that. Yes. Um, And then I did write Jurassic World. Yeah! Not, okay. not for an award winner, but for blockbuster right. and cult. I feel like the overlaps for you, the two you, of those. But do you think that people will talk about this in 10 years we'll talk about it. i think i could talk about it this year because the second one's coming out right but will people talk about Ooh. jurassic world Ooh. don't let him bully you <laughs> Do don't not be bullied i'm just saying i don't i don't think we're talking about this movie now you know we've talked I mean? about it for about 15 no, minutes no, except we're doing it right now we are yeah. we when will then be in, now we talked Soon, about it in the context you. of forgettable we movies we thought that it was over earlier and now it's already back so i guess maybe <laughs> Wait a minute. You can't use us as a reference point for like what people. We are the only about. podcast about you movies. write your own article. Yeah, you literally that. referenced yourself. <laughs> By the way, you realize I didn't write that article, right? Uh, that's what you say. Okay. All right. 
I realize you say that. I realize you might have a ghostwriter. Ooh, what's it? What's Shahir's ghostwriter name? Shahir. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Richard Black. <laughs> now we know. Richard Black. I have a question. Do you think that it loses? Do you think just adding the the word world diminishes anything from it? Like, That's I feel interesting. Like, doesn't yes. it cheapen it yes. a little bit? Just it, the fact that it's called Jurassic World? It does. Because it, it feels like a video game franchise. Mm-hmm. I, I know the yeah. worst uh, game in all video game franchises are name of the franchise and world. Yeah. Extinction. Or like you just keep <laughs> upping the world. Yeah. Like it's like uh video game franchise, well, the Ar- reckoning. Yeah. And I mean, it's Arkham, like, uh, Arkham city to our, you know, Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum to Arkham city. That's and then the, Arkham Knight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, yeah. I, I, I just, I personally, the, the, it has nothing to do with Fran, uh, the branding or anything mm-hmm. like that. It, it, to me, it has everything to do with a movie that just trades water and doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my issue with that movie is that it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I wonder though, too, if you think about younger people who didn't grow up with Jurassic Park, That's they're true. seeing world. It's like, yeah. does that carry? I I was thinking about that too. It's like, does it carry the weight that Park held for us? And 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 the for younger people who didn't see Jurassic Park growing up, so this is their first encounter yeah, yeah, yeah. with the franchise. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a valid. Because I sat for next why. to kids when I saw it, and they were going crazy. They right. loved it. And I can't believe I'm going to do this, Jess, because I love you, and and Shahir and I never sort of agree. But I will go back to sort of Shahir's point about mm-hmm. Jurassic World at this point, because like I don't disagree that kids will love it. I do kind of disagree that it will have when those kids grow up and they rewatch it if they ever do. It's not going to have the same lasting effect that. Jurassic Park did because Park is a better like a a, a, a film that dare I say stands the test of time mm-hmm. that was my own echo I didn't hit the button I mean I agree time, time, time. I, <laughs> I Park like was huge it's also why I did hold on to your butts when we first started I know yeah, yeah. he says it twice he says, he, it, he twice says it twice in Jurassic oh, really? Park. He says, hold on to your butts twice. And I'm oh, just like. I just like, remember when he turns it, when the park turns he off. He does it twice. Okay. I, I, I watched it. I was like, did this? Anyway. Uh, All right. So we solid got blockbuster Max, choices. Tra- Jurassic World. And what was the other one? And Mad Max. And Mad Max. Oh, so Mad Max and Jurassic World. Yeah. yeah. With the two okay. blockbuster yeah. ones. Okay. Red. Red. Okay. So blockbusters. <clears throat> blockbusters are hard because <clears throat> most of the blockbusters that you have reviewed really sucked. Okay. Um, <laughs> and also, side note, isn't the term blockbuster, is that from Jurassic Park? No. No. Like, Jaws. It's from Jaws. Jaws. Jaws sorry, because yeah. there was lines around the, quote, block. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I kind of broaden blockbuster to be, uh, instead of like the traditional blockbuster definition, I broaden it to be more like uh, the films that got a lot of people butts in seat and sure. uh, okay. talked about and kind of held their own in their news junkets and took up some time of the six o'clock news. Okay. Um, so uh, for me, uh, three in any particular order, uh, Get Out. Yep. yep. Um, yep. No, that's definitely a blockbuster. Uh, uh, Arrival. Sure. And uh, Captain America Civil War. Sorry, Shaheer, I did mention a Marvel movie. Yeah, you did. But you did wait until almost an hour in to yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> so I think uh, I think uh, all of those are definitely going to be talked about. One, I've already made the argument about Captain America Civil War being part of mm-hmm. a larger universe that will ride nerdum all the way to, you know, Valhalla. And, uh, yes. <laughs> Arrival being such a good, exciting science film. Too bad it just looked so weird to me. I, You know, that's that was one of the things. The I, cinema photography yeah, or yeah. okay um huh. and then get out uh well i mean do i need to say more about yeah get out? I, I think of the th- i mean and again you know like everyone's list is around of the three that you mentioned I, I think get out is the most interesting as a film that will be talked about i i, yes. I can i can imagine I get out 
being talked about in relation to the cultural context for which it came out in, mm-hmm. in the same way that say Sweet Sweet Back's badass song or mm-hmm. uh, Superfly or something yeah. like that came out. I mean, I, not to say it's it's no, purely no. exploitational. No, I also believe that it will be talked about just because of um, how the audience interacts with it. From, right from this point on forward, it yeah. is it is a fantastically crafted film. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it meets expectations. It subverts expectations. It does all of the fun film play that we want great films to do. Right, and it did it in a way that did not alienate anybody, though lots of white people felt uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> we went to see it together. Oh, we did. We, we held did. Hands. At, yeah, at the yeah. I just had, I, listen. If you want to hold hands with somebody at the movie theater, you come to the movies with me. It's because um, we've decided that if you go to the movies with anyone, you have to hold hands. I think we've set that as a precedent throughout. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's Look, it's comfortable. Just go to movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, because Get Out was on my list as well. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons, other than the fact that it is a very incredibly well crafted movie, and I enjoyed the hell out of it, I've seen it uh, twice now. Uh, the the thing that I like about it and why I think it will hold quote stand the test of time is it's going to be, I think weirdly enough, a start point for more films, like not necessarily horror films, but like more films of that, of, of either sort of like, um, the Jordan Peele social commentary horror kind of, <laughs> you know? but like be, it'll, it'll eventually go beyond Jordan Peele, but then it like, n- people are going to see that no shit. These things can be profitable. And like, they're going to, they're going to, it's going to splinter out and like think of a young uh, filmmaker seeing that and being like, oh, I can make something like this and it and people see it and love it. Somebody like mm-hmm. Jordan Peele. Yeah. Like, like the next Jordan. Like, I just think this is a this is a great starting point for that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. in spite of your excitement, I'm, I'm sorry, they're never going to be able to match it. I think it's, I think it's, but you that never will, but that, film. but that doesn't mean that people aren't going to shoot for it. And that doesn't mean yeah. that it's not going to be the beginning of yeah. a larger conversation. Yeah. And I think that is the qualifier. Why it is. I'm, right. I'm sad that I didn't actually put it on my list. Um, having heard, heard you guys talk about it. I guess I, I have kind of, I think it's a very, very good film, but I have kind of forgotten the experience maybe. Mm-hmm. And maybe the conversation is evaporated around, you know, in for me. But it is a very, very good film. Sure. Um, and yeah, you're right. It could certainly come back in many years for either the reason that a young filmmaker will see it or the fact that it will be remembered in reference to uh, where it came out of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, the films are Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tin Cloverfield Lane is a film I think. I love maybe, how much you like that movie. I, I really did respond to that movie. I, although, I yeah, maybe it won't be talked about. So I, I'm, I'm just going to give you a list and then pick one that I think sure. is going to be talked about. Uh, I think Captain America Civil War is a very, very, is a, is a fine film. It's a very fine film. Say it again. Uh, no. Say it and, one more time. No. And, um, but, I'll just loop it. But uh, I, I kind of. That's a really close to fun, the word fine. So. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <It's> very close. <laughs> You're just, one additional layer and one layer change. Matt's just going to edit in me saying fun yeah. to you saying. Yeah, I can imagine your accent with my accent tied up. <laughs> it's a really fun movie. <laughs> Thank you for doing it so I don't have to. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, like uh, the thing with that is that it it comes off the heels of other movies. So I'm, I'm sort of curious as to whether that actually helps or detracts from it. Um, uh, Deadpool, I think, is a very memorable character. I think I really do think he's a memorable character. I think the problem is... He doesn't do the things that you just described Get Out doing. The, that film doesn't do the thing that Get Out does, which is that it sits up expectations, subverts them, and does something further with it. I don't think it does that, um, which is why I, it's not a film for me that is ultimately uh, one that I think that will hold up the test of time. Uh, Logan, 
is a film that I think genuinely will probably hold up in many years from now. I think that's a film that we will talk about for the exact opposite reason that we might mm. not talk about Civil War because it's such a standalone, unique, isolated vision that's very well crafted. And there's the Hugh Jackman uh, sort of send off, send off sort of bit to it that I. Can- but ultimately, of all of these, the ones that I think the the film that I think is going to stand the test of time is Mad Max Fury Road. Out of the blockbuster character. Out of the blockbuster character. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I. I think those are all solid. In fact, we, we had a lot of crossover, everybody here. So mine is my last few, obviously, are superhero movies, because, hi, I'm Matt. Uh, Civil War was obviously uh, my big one. I do think, um, for instance, you were saying how, like, yeah, like, what if it's because, you know, all of the, the weight, the, the, the heavy lifting's been done by other movies so this can exist? I'm fine with that. I mean, everyone knows I'm fine with that. I think that's what, when done well, and I don't think too many, I don't think any other company other than Marvel has done it correctly yet. That's what, like, I'm okay with having heavy lifting done in other films so I can get the emotional resonance from a film like Civil War. My my only concern, and I've said it multiple times, is that was my story I cared about. Like, I care about these characters, not what the fuck Thanos does. Right. So they're going to have to, I don't know how they're going to make me as emotionally involved with the next chapter of the mm-hmm. Avengers because that, to me... It's the interpersonal stuff. Like, I don't give a shit about the giant fucking blue Titan guy and him going to destroy the gal. Like, I just don't give a fuck. So, like, I'm curious what they have to figure out a way to give me that same level of gravitas based on character for the cosmic stuff. So that'll be an interesting sort of thing. Uh, Also, Deadpool up there for every reason that red has said i also don't think it's funny the, the comparison of get out and deadpool are because they're both the little movie that could oh that's interesting in a yeah. very but but they do it in a very different way uh-huh. obviously deadpool is a character based off a franchise that tons of people like and they were championing it the, this movie was on the shelf for 11 years they had to do a quote leaked test tape to get people hyped for it so then they'd make the movie blah 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 uh the get out is obviously just a um a, for lack of a better term a cinderella story that like just came out of not nowhere, but like, who knew that there was going to be this level? Yeah, you're right. Because Deadpool, I think everyone was anticipating Get Out was one of those things that people were like, are you going to see it? And I'm like, what is it? I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but so they both had great financial success. Uh, I don't think the argument of, uh, and I might have misheard you, Shahir, the, the argument of Deadpool not doing, I don't think Deadpool and Get Out are trying to do the same type of subversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get Out's trying to do a subversion of, not only genre, but then there's a ton of different race issues and, and stuff like that. But it, but both and Deadpool is trying to subvert a standard uh, movie, not through line or plot uh, structure, even though it does kind of have it at the end. It still kind of spins it around whenever it can. So it's subverting two different things. Um and I do, I do think that both both Get Out and Deadpool are films that we will be talking about in 10 years for one way or another, with the exception if Deadpool 2 comes out and is garbage, and again, I, I have no fucking clue how they'll do it, uh, then that might diminish Deadpool 1 in a weird way, because these things are connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. So what's your one from... Honestly, it's Civil War. If I had to pick Blockbuster, it's Civil War. Okay. Oh, but I also, sorry, I have one more honorable mention, Lego Batman. Lego Batman yeah. uh, is such a fucking delight. And it's a film I know that if I ever came across on TV or if I saw it sitting on my shelf and I had an hour and a half to kill, I would pop it in, oh, in a yeah. heartbeat. That, that's an interesting one, though, because I think uh, it's an example, you know, because I, I think I make a distinction between films that are disposable and films that are forgettable. I think and 
to me, forgettable means that I don't care about it. Disposable means I enjoyed it, but I don't think about it again. And I think Lego Batman to me is a film that's kind of disposable, which is that I really enjoyed it when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Am I going to think about it again? Maybe not. But if it but if it was presented to me again, that's I'd, probably, the thing. I'd probably watch it. There's an right. interesting moment of that where yeah. like you can just sit down. Like if it's there, you're like, holy shit, I love this movie. And yeah. you'll go. But you're yeah. not going to be like thinking about it while you're yeah. on the train and be like, you know what I really want to watch? Yeah. Like it's yeah. just it's one of those things that has to be th- shown to you. don't have that metric anymore with uh, with Netflix or streaming. It's not like it's when always you were available. a kid, like on H- whatever's on HBO, you're like, oh, yeah. I'm going to totally watch it's this. The best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now but now that you can pick and choose, you don't need to do yeah. that yeah. anymore. All right, so the, the blockbuster discussion is pretty good. Yeah. I think we got uh, two for Mad Max. Red, where did you land? Get out. Get out and one for Civil, Civil War. War. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, all respectable. I'd like to go into the next set of clips from our wonderful previous guests. Uh, here's a message from my sister in arms in the podcast game. Uh, she's got two great ones. One is Ghosted Stories, talking about relationships, and the other is Cabernet and A, the premiere Pretty Little Liars podcast, Chelsea White. Hey, it's Chelsea White, and my favorite movie reviewed on the only podcast about movies is Keanu, because that's the movie I reviewed when I was on the podcast. Did anyone say a movie other than the one they reviewed? What are you guys doing with your lives? Review of Shahir and Matt. They both are just lovely in, in equal but different ways. They both get participation trophies. You guys are doing great. That is what a parent says to their kids. (laughs) (laughs) Chelsea's just trying to be like, look, guys, I like you both equally. She's not going to actually tell us which kid is the favorite. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on. We have to have you back. Uh, And I love that uh, we should we should all just rewatch Keanu right now. Next up, Mr. Dan Kuvalakis. Uh, A quick review of my favorite movie that the guys have reviewed. I mean, clearly it was Boyhood. It's near and dear to my heart, and it does have heart, so much heart, though Shahir and Matt couldn't find it in their heart to love it. Ah, Shahir, the man has the patience of a saint. It's the only way I think he can get through dealing with Kroll on a weekly basis. I'm sorry, were you asking me a review about Matt Kroll? I couldn't hear you. There was this dude yelling in my ears so loud about... Marvel movies. Okay. Patience of a Saint. Patience of a Saint. I'm changing your name in my phone contacts to Saint Shahir. Saint Shahir. Wow. Also updating the wiki right now. Thank you. Update all the wikis. And then, uh, okay, thank you, Dan. And here we go from Kristen Fight. First of all, thank you guys so much for having me on the show. Um, Going on the only podcast about movies to talk about movies was so much fun. And our movie Warcraft was definitely a new genre for me. And it was just a blast. So thanks again. Um, Besides the podcast that I was on, my favorite podcast so far has been your review of La La Land uh, for a few reasons. One being that I loved that movie, but Two, you took the time to write original lyrics to one of the songs for the intro to the podcast. And I thought that that was just really cool and creative and a fun way to, you know, kick off the podcast and get everyone excited for it. So I hope to hear more of that because that was great. Um, Matt Shahir, you guys make a great team. Uh, Shahir, I think you're starting to like fun just a little bit more. And Matt, you're, you know, awesome, awesome as always, and always reminding us what Suicide Squad could have been. So thanks for that. Um, So congrats on 100 episodes, guys, and here's to 100 more. 
Thank you, Kristen. I disagree. I'm not enjoying fun. Oh, well, I, I disagree that you disagree. Uh, well, oh, you know what, though? You know what's really fun? Uh, what? Uh, what? I, w- I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. <laughs> Cult films. Cult films. They're so fine. What? They're fine. They're, They're fine. fine. Oh, yeah. This is how you can interchange fine and fun between <laughs> I like Jess. <laughs> Jess on point. Yeah, Jess would be like, those movies are fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, cult films. So these are the films that I think haven't necessarily earned the the uh, the amount of box office, obviously, that a blockbuster has. Um, and maybe... I, I think for me, what's interesting about a cult film is a film that finds a very specific audience. Like mm-hmm. it's an audience that really, it's the only audience that wants that movie. And occasionally when that happens, they, that audience then champions that movie outside of their particular sphere, which I think mm-hmm. is an interesting right. thing, you know, thing that can happen, you know, and there are, um, uh, you know, for example, a film like the devils that we reviewed on, uh, yes. on the show, which is a film that is a, has a very specific audience, uh, of cinephiles, for example, but, but somehow that film has come up in conversation three or four times since, uh, since we reviewed it. So I think that to me is what, it, what an interesting definition of, uh, a cult film would be. Right. And then we're going to narrow it down to our pool of films. But Jess, do you want to go first on, on what you think, oh, the cult films that we might be talking about? From the podcast? Only from the podcast. Only from the podcast. That's a rule that if you haven't read the wiki uh, is pretty much rule number one other than don't talk about the podcast. That and also when you're doing your best films of the year, you use at least one film from the previous year to annoy everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Again, that's a deep cut. That's a really deep cut. Oh, Shahir does it all the two times we've done it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think of any of the movies that I've seen on the podcast fall into that category. Okay. That's fair. I agree. Did you have yeah. one? I'm curious now because there was the differ the differentiation. Do you have one outside of the podcast? Yeah. Flip that notebook. Flip that beautiful fucking notebook. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wrote Greece really big at the bottom because I would say Greece too might fall into the category of cult. Of cult. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. good. That's good. Whereas Greece, I think, is popular, right? It's, like it's Yes, and it keeps like resurging, I feel like. I feel like every like junior high yeah. person like it's, goes and every through, junior like, a high prom phase. for some reason watches like yeah. you know like this grease becomes a yeah. theme for some reason yeah like everyone knows what it is but yeah. maybe you haven't seen it um, also Twilight interesting <laughs> interesting uh, I I mean. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> That's an awful thing that to say. That was the polite way of saying no. <laughs> I also said it like a question. I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, eh. Well, okay. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened to the five episodes that Miss Jessica Tucker has been on, mm-hmm. she is quite the fan of uh, the vampire genre in all I mean, all Underworld, ways. obviously. And yeah. Underworld, of course. Um, Twilight... Question mark? I'm, I'm, Everyone says it with a question mark. I'm curious end. because Twilight? I think like because that was actually like a large franchise. Mm-hmm. It made a lot of money. There but didn't were it four kind of movies? Five? Didn't it kind of peter out? Or was it four movies? Uh, it's this, the last one was broken, broken in into half, two. So, so, but the thing is, I feel like that's a that's five. to me, and maybe it's because I'm not, you know, and, and maybe this is the definition of cult. Is I'm just not in that world mm-hmm. is it feels like a film, a, se- a set of films that to me are entirely forgotten now, except for like being the starting point of Christian. Okay, so I'm going to run. Saw, to well, you defense. saw it if you read the books, right? I yeah. think it's yeah. like one of those. So a cult film, 
I had trouble trouble finding stuff too. Mm-hmm. So I had to redefine cult film. I had to go with my gut mm-hmm. since we're talking Ooh. about personal things. Mm-hmm. A cult film for me is uh, could be a film that's unknown, mm-hmm. but more importantly, that it has a rabid film base. That if you put it on a midnight movie, people are going and they're packing the yeah. mm-hmm. like Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. obviously a cult film. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I the really room. Think, I really yes, the room. Mm-hmm. I also think Twilight falls into it because if I put a midnight showing in anywhere America. Mm-hmm. There are people going to it mm-hmm. wearing their team, help me out. Edward. Thank you. Yeah. Shirts. Uh, shiny, sh- shiny vampire. I, I really think, so yes, absolutely. It's yeah. a cult film. It's a cult film. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I feel better now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it confidently. Twilight. Oh, okay. Twilight. There we go. On you got to put the emphasis on the lights of Twilight. Twilight. Light. Oh, light. there's our other light. Spotlight. Oh yeah, how is uh, Twilight? How is that not going to make it? Yeah, why didn't Twilight win Best Picture? Uh, (laughs) Well, maybe Fifty Shades Darker because it technically is Twilight fan fiction. Um, uh, Red, what about you, buddy? Okay, so going with that cult definition, Mm -hmm. I have a slightly different. You know, I end up with a slightly different pool of films. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in no particular order, um, Logan, okay, Deadpool, Mm -hmm. and Mad Max. Without a doubt, Mad Max is a cult film. Whether or not it was big or, or little, rabid fan base, without a doubt. Okay, but I think a, a very large rabid fan base that extends beyond because like, it built over years. Also, I don't think before Mad Max dropped, like I, I had friends that really liked the original three, mostly the, the Road people Warrior, who call themselves yeah. Toe Cutter at night. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. It, it, I think Mad Max as a franchise before Fury Road is a really great definition of a cult fan mm-hmm. fandom in a, in, in a way because it's what's more cult like a cult are things that you don't really talk about in, in, in polite conversation and like almost like it's it's like not secret but it's also not just sort of out there it's not your uh, you know Jurassic Parks like Jurassic Park is not a cult film by any means of the imagination so like Mad Max would be one of those things where like you'd be in a discussion say with four lovely people well three mm-hmm. three lovely people and me uh, <laughs> having a discussion about films and then someone would like quote uh, you know Beyond Thunderdome and then one out of the other ones. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) And then the other person would be like, oh, and then two people would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, Mm -hmm. that's cult to me. Mm -hmm. Now, Fury Road did something interesting because it took the cult and it it elevated that cult to the next category that we'll be talking about later, which is award-winning films. Uh, I'm talking just about Oscars and whatnot. So, like, I don't know if, again, I don't know if I would consider Mad Max Fury Road a cult film, but the franchise, yes. It could have been terrible. Yeah. And people would have still loved it. True. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is. All right. No, touche. And more more importantly, I I think midnight uh, showings of this movie will bring people in wearing their I love whoever t-shirt. I just. Team Furiosa. I don't don't think there will be midnight screenings of this film. I think there'll be like seven o'clock screenings of this film 10 years from now. You know, like. I think people will show this movie. Like, I, I, I don't think it's a very niche audience. It's, I think it's a, a big audience for this I, movie. I, I think, I think that, um, I don't disagree with you, mm-hmm. but I think that because it, mm-hmm. you, you can't discount the hardcore niche right. just because there is a general appeal. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, is that it's like is, saying like, mm-hmm. there are tons of furries out there that love, um, wizard of Oz. Right. Um, everybody loves wizard of Oz. And if you don't, you're not human. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean there isn't a rabid cult following of like Judy Garland lovers or flying monkey lovers or mm-hmm. you know, that, whatever else there is. Is that the film that you would champion as your as your cult film then Mad Max Fury Road? No. 
No. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, but I think it's it's a very strong film. But I yeah. think Logan is the strongest of those films. Okay. And I think uh, again, Logan, huge appeal, but also such a tight core appeal. Um, a, a group of people that would go and see any movie that Hugh Jackman is in or any movie that the internet's uh, favorite boyfriend, um, Patrick Stewart is in <laughs> like, like every, everybody would go see that from the cult gut gut mm-hmm. impulse. And the fact that it's such a great film, the fact yeah. that they deliver such a powerful yeah. performance mm-hmm. and it's so cathartic for everybody, especially the cult dwellers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we, we meet on Wednesdays, by the way. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, I, I think that's the best uh, film out of that category. Okay. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, the films that I think are not necessarily talked about, but I feel feel have an audience, and that audience will grow over time, are uh, pop star. I'm I'm disappointed that this film didn't do very well. It's so funny. It's so good. It's it's, so funny. And I feel like it's a film pop that star. like ah. uh, the Lonely Island film. I think I feel like it's a film that when you pre- you know kind of like you did with Kung Fury, when you present it to people, they'll be like, "Holy shit! Why didn't I see this in theaters? Why didn't I know mm-hmm. about this movie? It's so good." Um, another one is Enemy. Enemy's a little bit of a harder sell, but I think it's a film that is excellent and and has a real audience for it, and it and it does things that very few films do. And um, if uh, perhaps in the broader conversation about Denis Villeneuve, uh, you know, Arrival and sure. Blade Runner, it will come up as this sort of interesting touch point uh, for him. Um, I love American Honey. Um, I'm again another film that I'm disappointed didn't find an audience. Really, it didn't do it. It, it did really poorly at the box office. Um, but I hope that over time people will kind of revisit. And do, come you, do you think that will be like a midnight movie? American Honey? No, it I doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. Scream so, to me. Will that be a college campus movie? I feel like it'll be a film that may be taught in film class or college it might be. It, it's also a film. See, there's the, the other <laughs> film that it reminds me of is Larry Clark's Bully, which I think is an extraordinary movie, but doesn't really get talked about a lot. But it's like one of those films where, again, if you present it to someone um, who's open to it. So you, mm-hmm. you, you think there will be active evangelism evangelism, evangelicals. Uh, yes. <laughs> evangelists, um, for this, for this film, like people like, cause you know, for me, that's cultish. Like I'm yes. not disagreeing. It, it is yeah, definitely no. a good film, but will you be doing that? I, I would personally do it. Like I would, I like, I would definitely show this to people and I would definitely arrange screenings of it if I can, but I have no friends, so it doesn't really matter. You so have that's friends. A one. Hey. Yeah. Three friends right here. Hey, slugger. Uh, okay, let's not get hasty here. Yeah, let's, we have two friends right here. Yeah. My favorite Almost fi- 50% of us. Yeah. My, my favorite <laughs> film of 2015, I believe, was The Gift. I, I, you know, it's a film that seems to have faded out and I am disappointed by that, but I don't disagree. You know, like it's, I, I think it's an extraordinary film, but I don't think it I had It doesn't have a cult, yeah. Yeah, it didn't have mass appeal. The, the Witch, another one as well. Yep. To me, the film that had, it's already kind of had this conversation around it that, that has brought it into this level is uh, Children of Men. Children sure. of Men uh, was a film that uh, released, didn't do very well, faded out. And then recently, I guess maybe as we're hitting into the apocalypse, um, has, <laughs> has become a conversation point again. But it's also, uh, it, what happens is, is films that get forgotten are reminded of, wow, that was an ex- that film was extraordinarily yeah, yeah, yeah. a hit of its yeah. time. And it still holds up today. Uh, I'm a big fan of Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, I think it's just an extraordinary, extraordinary movie. And I think uh, for me, 
this is the one um, that will stand the test of time 10 years from now. I've already assumed that was uh, like obviously proven. That's it's why just, I didn't even a, put it on the list. But, but remember, this is a film that really did get forgotten up until like the last three or four years. I've like, certainly never forgotten about it. Right. I mean, we, I think we talked about it on our podcast where, you, where Matt had said, oh yeah, I watched that that one time. Yeah. It was fine. And yeah. I've never really thought about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I've, and it I've, didn't do that well at the box office at the time. It didn't get nominated mm-hmm. for any awards. Uh, it, you know, like nobody re- and, and it never spawned a style of filmmaking off the back of it either. No. It really just kind of came and went. Uh, but now I think people are picking up on it. Well, so I, I gotta admit, I've never, I just mm-hmm. considered it obvi- an obvious thing and never even put it on the list. So thanks go. for putting it on the list. And yeah. Thank you for putting Popstar on the list. I actually just ordered Popstar on Amazon because I was like, damn, I need to own that thing. I saw you over there shopping. I was like, yeah, I had to do it because I knew if I didn't do it now, I'd forget. That's a fucking, <laughs> such a funny movie. Uh, and I really like it. Um, mine were. <laughs> I like that couldn't wait. My, yeah. I, well, I forget. He just zoned out while he was yeah, listening. I, was like, I listened. Oh, yeah. oh, I listened talking. and I did both. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I did something that he was talking about. Uh, Kung Fury for me mm-hmm. um, is still a, a cult classic for me only because it's something that both I had never seen before and that I was already completely familiar with. And if you can tread that fucking knife's edge for me, that means it will be a cult classic. My only interjection about Kung Fury is I feel like the conversation about Kung Fury isn't over yet because Kung Fury is being spawned. Like the reason that film came out was to spawn a feature film version of that. So I feel like. I, but I don't think, and again, I don't think that matters to me because I don't yeah. think a feature film version of that's going to work. I think this Who is knows? the perfect thing that even if the feature film, even, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. if it comes out, and it's garbage, mm-hmm. people will still be like, fuck, you remember that thing? And people will be like, there was a shorter one? And then then it will be like a whole conversation of furthering the cult whirlpool. And okay. if I may um, sound like a film snob for a moment, just because it's not a feature doesn't mean, doesn't make it any lesser or I have to wait for a, another qualifier for it. I think it is a complete film in itself. No, no, I just think it. the conversation around Kung Fury has only just kind of begun. I'm doing my, I'm my doing my Nostradamus, I'm predicting. Okay. Uh, uh, 10 years from now, she here. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, The Handmaiden. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, because that was a movie that, uh, was it you suggested or someone, uh, uh, yeah, someone yeah. wrote in? Chan, uh, Chan, I, I'm presuming I suggested it. But if if you, have you seen Old Boy? <laughs> I'm presuming you were suggested it <laughs> well, too. Well, I mean. Yes, I've seen Old Boy. We talked about that. Yeah, I think Old Boy is a better example of, of a film that stood the test of time. But sure. sure. But I think The Handmaiden is going to kind of swing back in a couple different ways. I think that um, it. I didn't quite know what it was going in. And, and it's funny because there's a lot of uh, media these days. There's another film called Handmaidens. And then the there's hand, The Handmaid's Tale. And then the, the Handmaid's TV Tale. Show. And there's, the, yeah, there's yeah. like a whole bunch of stuff about Handmaidens. Lately. So yeah. like it kind of got lost in that. I do think <laughs> that out of, out of the, uh, out of <laughs> it's also funny, the bad Handmaiden <laughs> cinematic universe, I think this one will stand out overall because I think. Handmaiden it, World. Yeah, Handmaiden World. <laughs> Extinction. Yeah. Um, I do think that uh this there's just so much like this would be a movie that if anyone had said like hey we should watch this it'd be like yep because i know that i'll find more shit in and mm. that to me uh when you can keep falling down a rabbit hole feels very culty and then finally swiss army man yeah uh i feel like that's almost like the real that'd be my like winner in this category okay. is because again it's a movie that like i liked fine mm. but i could see 
like ravenous fucking minorities of people mm-hmm. just clinging one of them to this movie. No, but I can, <laughs> but I can see it. I, it has every bit of, of the, the, the minutia that makes a beautiful sort of cult, uh, a community. Mm-hmm. And just because I don't fall into that community, positive cult community, I'm not going to put labels on it, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it just has that feel where it's like, Oh, the people that are going to latch onto this, this is going to be their favorite movie. And it's going, going to be their favorite movie for a very long time. So that's sort of my my feeling about that. Okay. Um, I'm curious though, which is the one that you personally will... No, oh no, no, I'm sorry. The criti- this your, your rules did not say I had to like the films that we are putting into these, I, these I categories. I was presuming that we would champion a film because we liked it. No, I'm no, championing, no, 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 I'm no. championing this film academically. Based, oh, right. based on logic, not emotion. Okay. So, uh, so for you, Swiss Army Man, Swiss Army Man will be the the cult film that stands the test of time. Okay, but uh, speaking of people that stand the test of time, we have more guest clips. This is awesome. Uh, here we go. We are now going to listen to one of my favorite people in the world, uh, a guest from another Star Wars uh, episode, Jessica, Mr. John Friedman. Hey, my favorite episode that I heard from you guys is the very first one I ever listened to. It was with special guest Jessica Tucker. I know Jessica Tucker from my work job. It was nice to hear her talking about Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. I believe she hadn't really ever seen any of the Star Warses before, and it was nice to hear someone talking about them. Could you, excuse me a second. Could you get, get away from my car? Can you, what are you doing in my car? Get the fuck, get the fuck off my Now what to say about Matt Kroll? Excuse me, look, if you're gonna be touching my car every time I'm trying to do why are you even here? Why are you touching my car? Get the fuck get out the fucking fucking Kroll is really great as a host on a podcast. Get the fuck away. I especially like those opening crawls he read for all those Star Wars episodes. That was that was my favorite. I'm gonna you get the get out of here. Shahir is really f- good. When I was a guest on your podcast, he sat to my right, and he, I looked him in the eyes, and he made me feel comfortable about being there. Sorry, just one second. Can you please get away from my car? I don't understand why you. Get the fuck! No, don't! Why? Don't, 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 don't. And John Friedman's car was never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> he is a national treasure. Oh my God, John! Mr. I think that Friedman. wins the cult, um, cult yeah. review. Timeless. He's a blockbuster. So here, here's the next one. Um, this is from uh, my dad. He did uh, Big Trouble in Little China. And uh, he didn't know how to record this, so it might be a little rough. But I love you, Pappy. Here we go. Big Trouble Little China, best Kurt Russell movie ever. It was my pleasure to watch it with my son Matthew and doing an iPod cast on it. Matt and Shahir have done a fantastic job with these reviews, even though I don't know Shahir from my ass my elbow. But anyway, fantastic job, great hundredth, party on. Talk to you later, bye. 
I love your dad. <laughs> I podcast. I podcast. He was so psyched to do it. And much to my detriment, because, you know, I'm a bad son. I, I was like, oh, I'll help you do it. Da, 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 da. And then, like, we talked a week later. He's like, you never called to help me do this thing. I was like, motherfucker. So I, I did it. Literally, uh, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Literally. I was Strike like, motherfucker. I'm out of Mark here. it down. All right. Though that no was my favorite you. one. Uh, all right. And the next one in this group is this one is crazy, guys. This is from Ms. like more crazy than John Friedman. Yeah. I, I, maybe I don't know. You can be the judge. This is from, and I think it's inspired a little bit by Train Spotting, Mr. Nicholas Parker. Mm. Hi, my name is Nick Parker, and I choose to be from New York. Choose T Two Train Spotting as my favorite podcast. Choose to support Shahir anytime he wants to have fun, even though it's not often. Choose writing the poem one two three. Choose Jim Cotta. Choose walking backwards downstairs. Choose Calvin. Choose Matt's simplicity and thought process. Choose Zoe. Choose Shahir's incomprehensible love for down under films, but then realize he is New Zealand, not Australian. Choose Matt's gaming and movie intellect as much as it hurts to accept. Choose the beast trying to make it right. Choose life. Choose drive. Choose a backhoe. Choose fighting a bear. Choose wishing you knew about this podcast before you actually did. Choose James Howlett. Choose who knows more about movies, Matt or Shahir. Choose Xander Cage and the endless possibilities he brings to the big screen. Choose The Rock. Choose failed colossal transitions. Choose James Cameron's Pocahontas. Choose almost being the Black Power Ranger. Choose Green Rooms. Choose to hail Caesar. And finally, choose listening to the only podcast about movies. I feel like that should be a promo from now on. It really probably should. I think I'm going to have to pay Nick Parker a dollar yeah. just so I officially own that. Yeah. Wow, Nick. Thank There's you so much. There's some in there. Like yeah, back like, yeah. yeah. Like back home. We just hell or high water, right? Yeah, hell or yeah. high water. All right, yeah. all right. I was like, I think I know where that's from on our thing. Side note, I think Nick Parker is the person who sees more movies than any human being. A hundred percent. He he lives and dies by that movie pass thing. Yeah. Uh, the one that you can go like see an infinite amount of movies a, a week. I pretty much I think instead of masturbating, he he goes to the movies, right? Like whenever right. he's bored. All right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's four. Three. That's four. <laughs> you, do you really need, you need a timeout? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now we're getting into award winners here. All right. Jess. Jess, the award winners. Don't sigh. Remember, you're going to have to champion one film after all of this. Yeah. Don't like, let really? him. Really? Yeah. Oh. Remember your training. Yeah. Okay. All right. The only one I can speak to is Arrival. Okay. Okay. That's the only one. And I'll tell you, I didn't see it the way I should have seen it. I saw How it. How did you see it? I Upside saw down. it on my TV in my living room. And That's... I was washing dishes when it started and had to restart it three times. And I cried two minutes in. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that intro is yeah. kind, of, yeah. kind of great. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, I can't wash dishes and wash this at the same time. No. No. <laughs> no. I, I love that. should be your box quote for this movie. I couldn't you, wash the dishes. I couldn't wash dishes while, watch dishes while watching this film. Yeah. I was like, oh, Arrival. I have to pay attention to this one. I think Amy Adams should read that in the beginning. <laughs> no, it was great because I didn't know. I had no idea. I like managed to not like hear anything about it, even though I waited till after it was out of the theaters. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was great. And you're not alone. It's been mentioned on mm -hmm. this uh, this conversation of films that will stand the test of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Four times. Yeah. Now. At this four point. Times. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. good choice. I like it. Rid? Oh, yes. Award winners. There was there was there was a, a good a good batch to mm -hmm. pull from. And we uh, were snobby this year. We did yeah. do a lot of award winners. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely feel that there was some sort of. Um, cinema love going on mm -hmm. and, and looking at the list. But uh, I ended up with, in no particular order right now, uh, Beasts of No Nation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, a film that you guys introduced me to. Yes. Just because the podcast itself was so much fun because it <laughs> subverted my expectations. Oh. I remember that uh, being a serious conversation for some reason. It was, but we got into some weird shit. 
Oh, I'm referencing the next thing. Oh. Okay. Yeah. The next thing, uh, a pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on existence. Oh, is that okay? You got, you watched that because of the podcast? I watched that because of the podcast. Cause I was like, she here can't be right. So I, I put it on. <laughs> <laughs> lo and behold. <laughs> lo and behold. Um, yeah. Wow. Did you, did you watch any of the other tr- living trilogy from, uh, Roy Anderson? No, I have a job. Oh, uh, yet. How many star Wars movies have you watched in a row? In a, in a row <laughs> or any time. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm just saying of other trilogies, you could, you should, if you enjoyed uh, a pigeon sat on the branches reflecting on existence, you should try you the living or, um, I will, I will. It's, 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 I have a vast list, mm. vast list of things I must watch. Media um, debt is real. Media debt is real people. <laughs> and uh, moonlight, believe it or not. I, I thought, uh, moonlight was uh, for me. Uh, I think these, these three films will be talked about mm-hmm. in the future for various things. I think out of them all beasts of no nation, probably for me, mm-hmm. I feel that will be a part of a conversation for a long time to come, maybe just on college campuses, mm-hmm. um, but also beyond what it did, uh, say, like bringing us, bringing us movies directly and home, mm-hmm. um, which is something it was not technically the first, no. but it was the biggest headliner and gave other people something really to chew on. This is a good film. It's a serious film. And we're watching it at home first. What does this mean for cinema? Mm hmm. And I think that uh, I think that in itself will be always written about in textbooks and students will be forced to memorize that um, the evolution of cinema. But beyond that, it's it's an emotively powerful film. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And I think uh, I think if push comes to shove, it's one of those films that I will recall in 10 years in a conversation where I have to sound really smart. Okay. <laughs> but only for that purpose. Only for that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So there uh, you go. All right. And so Beast of No Nation is the one you're going to champion. Yeah, I okay. think so. All right. Uh, for me, uh, there are many films in this category. Uh, Moonlight and Spotlight are two films that I- And you're really, a sucker for those lights. New, I am, yeah. New yeah, Moonlight. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I'm going to go- re- <laughs> Sing! <laughs> revisit Twilight after this. Your team, uh, Edward. Um, Moonlight and Spotlight. My only concern about those two films is the thing I mentioned earlier, which is sometimes the, uh, the award can end the conversation on that film. And I- uh, I think that's more so for Spotlight than for Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I already feel like Moonlight has kind of like the conversation around that movie is kind of fading away, even though it's mm-hmm. an, I, these are both extraordinary movies. Sure. Well, Moonlight is very dull. It's, it's not a very bright light. Okay. <laughs> okay. And in. You mean the actual light. The actual the film. light. Right. I gotcha. yes, it yeah. fades away every mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. Um, so to speak. Um, the film for me or that uh, has Unless won you're a vampire. <laughs> that has won awards that I think will be referred to in conversation for years to come is uh, OJ Made in America. I think uh, this is an extraordinary uh, piece of cinema. I think it says so much. And I think it, it kind of made me realize one of the reasons why films become, um, why films stand the test of time is that they have, Conversations that last for a very long time around mm-hmm. it. It's you, you can, and you're not just talking about the runtime. I yeah. didn't it's mention like, the runtime. You said a conversation that lasted a long time. I would just took yeah. it <laughs> in all seriousness. No, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but where is the venue to revisit this online, like watching it on streaming? Do you think in the future, with our massive attention span that it is now, and it's mm-hmm. growing every day, <laughs> um, that People will actually sit down and digest, redigest it, or do you think it's just a good talking point? Like everybody says, they attempted to read War and Peace once. Here's a here's a question for you: Have you watched any TV show more than once? Yes. Um, And so you have done that. Yes. So it is possible to do to to revisit. 
yes. long form uh, things in an episodic nature at home. Yes. It so, is. so I think that's probably the avenue that this will happen in. Right. But, and, and, and you think that there is an audience out there to investigate this. Is it through OJ love or is it through uh, uh, cinema love? What was- I think it's both. Like to me, the, the, the reason why OJ made in America is, is so important is it takes a, a, a pop culture. It takes, it takes a terrible tragedy, mm-hmm. examines it from a pop culture standpoint and then examines it from uh, a legal precedent standpoint and then from a historical racial uh, standpoint. So it does so much with this one event. And I think it, it is so much about the way we should think about the world and the way we should investigate events that are happening around us. And it's, it's ironic because it's such a, it's such a, in, in the footnotes of history, OJ murdering his wife is a very minor note, but it had such large mm-hmm. ramifications around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think not one of least of which is this film, which, which, which re examines and recontextualizes it. So for me, this is a film that I believe truly will without a doubt stand the test of the, time. The fact that it's real makes mm-hmm. it much more potent, right? M- more potent. So than I think, you know, other but but that, it's it's not just to do with the fact that it's a documentary. It's mm-hmm. to do with the fact that it 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 treats its subject with such seriousness and it and with such um in uh, I guess with the breadth of curiosity that is really uh, assigned to any subject. Mm-hmm. You know, like it really is attacking this from every angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that's why I think that that film don't, my, don't don't forget about mm-hmm. how engaging it is too. Yeah. This is not <laughs> no slight to Ken Burns, mm-hmm. but this is not a civil war or baseball. This mm-hmm. is this is very engaging. Yeah, it's, I compl- think it's riveting. From, I like from how even when now. we're agreeing, it sounds like we're arguing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, yeah. but I'm no. more right about <laughs> the thing that you are correct on. I think I, I think you're right. It's just I was curious to to know why you. Thought. I mean, I I think you're right for you personally. Mm-hmm. I I do have a hard time thinking that this. A specific thing, which is done incredibly well. We've gone back and forth. We had a great episode about it. Check it out. It's one of my it's one of my favorite actual discussions we've had on the show. Um, I just don't think that beyond the cultural uh, fascination we have with the subject matter. Mm-hmm. I think this is the best thing I've seen on it. There's no question. It's the best thing I've seen on it, but it's the subject matter. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm, I'm just talking myself back out of it because it's the subject matter. That's going to keep pulling this thing back into existence, mm-hmm. even though it is a brilliantly done, albeit I still think a little too long mm-hmm. documentary. It's not going to be my first thought when I'm like, Oh, films that stand the test of time. Like I'm not, I'm not going to think that I would almost think, uh, even like various, uh, uh, and this might just be a personal thing for me, but like, um, uh, bowling for Columbine or something along, even like a Michael Moore thing that like, I I've sought and thought about and been like, this is a, if I, if I go, what's a great documentary, I go, bam, this one or that one, this one's not going to pop in. But if I'm like, what's a cultural touch point that mm-hmm. everyone can agree on and something, and I'll be like, Oh, OJ Simpson. And then, or not even everyone agree on, but everyone thinks is a cultural touch point. And if I want, I'm like, oh, what's the best thing about O.J. Simpson? It's this thing. There's just like one step for me personally away from like this like lexicon of greatness. Um, But again, uh, that's just because I am part of the attention span generation that Red sort of mentioned. And uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Opinions. Oh. Um, so did you have more? Or was that, that That's was your it. one? That, okay uh, is my one. So I have three and I'm, yeah. I'm not going to talk about uh, too many, but uh, so Moonlight is one of mine, hundred percent. I think it's wonderful. I, that's more of a film. I hope stands the test of time than one that I I'm sure of. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. We've talked about it a bunch. I just, I, you know, I want it to, I just, I can't guarantee uh, my, <laughs> my TARDIS is broken and I can't quite mm-hmm. check that out yet. Mad Max Fury Road. Again, I think, it's so damn good and I can't see a world where it's not like, I can't see like even 10, 20, 30 years. I feel like it's going to be a star Wars esque. Like you watch it and it's still in Terminator Two. any of this stuff. It still holds up. It's still amazing. There's not a frame of that thing that I would ever be like, eh, it could have been better. Uh, and then lastly, but I think the one that I, uh, uh, again, hope is going to be standing the test of time is room. Uh. Not the room, but the Brie Larson film. Yes, the Brie Larson film room is so fucking good. And it's one of those things that sneaks up on you, in my opinion, about how good it is. Um, when we talked about it, even what was it back on? God, episode 25. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, something just clicked in me. And Brie, Brie Larson, ever since she was Envy Adams and Scott Pilgrim versus the world, like I knew uh, there was just something special about her. Like anything she does, I will watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she nails, what was that? Captain Marvel. I, yeah, don't get me started on that. I'll, we could geek out about that no, forever. No, 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 no. I don't want you to talk about any Marvel universe. Talk about it. No, it's, it's not, so funny how it's, yeah. easy, to, it's easy to distract. <laughs> Good. Good. Give us, <laughs> it's okay. Get back to your point. She's going to be fighting the Kree. Um, no, she, um, she, and, and that Roman figure, and the, and the, and the little kid in that movie, Jacob who, Tremblay. Yeah. Who yeah. did not, Get nominated for an Oscar. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's funny how I'm finishing his <laughs> yeah, sentences now. Like, it's great. <laughs> it's great. We've got to that point. So that would be my pick if we're doing uh, just que- sort of. My question to you uh, is since episode 25, which was whenever it was, do you feel that that film has entered the cultural lexicon as a film? That's no, but I want it to. Right. Do you, um, do, you, do you worry that the fact that it hasn't at this moment me, you know, like. I do. No, no, no. no. And don't this, worry about it. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Great films. If I may, for a moment, let's talk All about out. let's talk about something like Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Under the radar, not very well reviewed. Comes back so much stronger. One of the best comedies ever made. It's <laughs> it's it's it's. And I think fucking clown. Do you? I think I think we can all agree it's an incredible film. I haven't seen it. You will agree anyhow. It's an incredible film. Uh, uh, agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> wow. Right. Thank you. Red just uh, he did the you talking. Wow, that was like the dad the dad no, turn. He, he just literally did. You, am I amusing to you? Yeah. Am I yeah. making you laugh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, which which you won't get because I didn't, didn't get it. Yeah. It was just really aggressive. So I was like, okay, <laughs> look away, look down. So really, it's a good approach. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think that's one of those films that that will return, but it needs somebody later to champion it and go, you know, what? we were wrong about this. Right. We missed this. This, yeah. this was an opportunity. This is the opposite of the winning best picture. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, a curse. Yeah. This is something that you goes for a while. And then suddenly everybody's like, we, we missed this gem. And also I, something that I, sorry, the, the thing that uh, the Brie Larson sort of story is one that's a little bit interesting to me because Brie Larson's story, the Brie yeah, Larson just, story, because Gary, Coop, I, Gary as portrayed by that. Oprah. Yeah. I feel now. like, I feel like <laughs> the fact, this is what Hollywood does to actors and actresses. It, they like, so she won. No, do tell us. Right. 
she won, but she won. Obviously her performance was wonderful, but now they were trying, I feel like they're trying to like use, they, they were using that movie as a a pivot point to turn her into like a Hollywood quote starlet that then they can use Mm -hmm. in like larger scale sort of things, even though she's doing shit. And I think she's kind of they in this conversation, those evil Mm -hmm. studio guys, (laughs) the Illuminati. Uh, But like, but for instance, she's doing free fire, which I think is great because I think that's going to be a super fun uh, film. I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. Um, It's not a super fun film. I just haven't seen it. No, but the three films that she's done since then is Kong, Skull Island, Free Fire, and uh, Captain Marvel. Well, she's going to do Captain Marvel. And then there's another film that she's in right now. Yeah, but so like, for instance, she's doing the the, the Nicolas Cage of post-Oscar winning kind of thing. Yeah, which I think, I mean, again, you look at... uh, the way that Hollywood treats their sort of actors and the way they kind of like they're you're grooming that like if, if Brie Larson wins this award, which I do think she deserved, they can now push her as Academy award winner. Brie Larson. Like it's just a sort of, it's a self perpetuating thing. I'm not saying there's like one governing like, uh, or should I say, <laughs> that's what Hollywood sounds like. Um, but I think that all together, the, the way that the system works does uh, sort of perpetuate this. So, so my only, my only thing there is uh, to your point about Goodfellas, I think, you know, fight clubs, a film that also had the same experience, which is that it wasn't well reviewed when it came out. And then eventually, mm. you know, came I out always forget about that fact. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, like how it is did, that even possible? In didn't, my mind? didn't, didn't review well, didn't do well, yeah. uh, sort of found a home on DVD. Mm-hmm. Goodfellas, um, you know, similarly, you know, Citizen Kane, similar thing. Uh, Ver- Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. I just found out that that was a similar thing. My point is to all of those films, um, I think those there's a recognition that those were extraordinary films when they came out. They just didn't find an audience. I'm slightly I, less uh, assured of that fact with when it comes to because you're less enthusiastic about the film itself. About the, and the thing is, everything we've talked about hasn't to, isn't about the film itself. I mean, I could. I was just using but, sort of yeah, culture. But so, to so, your so, point, and my thing here is that it's a very very good film. Is it the best film about that topic, or is it a really great exploration of that? I think it it to me the reason why I, I'm less enthusiastic about that as a as potentially it's because you hate children. Uh, yes, yes, I hate children. <laughs> the, as the only person in the room with a child, yeah, yeah, definitely. Hate oh, children. irony um, is is that I I'm less enthused about that film. It's a I very, 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 very good movie. Um, I think it's it's a very yeah. small movie, and mm-hmm. but it does have. I will say one of the reasons it could potentially come back is this is that one sequence in it that is extraordinary, and it's one of the most nail biting scenes in any movie that I've ever seen. Is there the truck sequence? The truck yeah. sequence, yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, but I've can, been quiet because I haven't seen it. What is it about? It's about so Brie Larson and her son. Or well, actually, I'm sorry. Let's rewind. Brie Larson is kidnapped uh, when she was what seventeen, something like that. I think you're burying the lead here, which is that. It's a film about a mother and a daughter, uh, a mother and son trapped in a room. And, and, the, and, and the son, well, no, I, I wasn't burying the lean because I think you were burying the, sp- you were leading with the spoiler. Oh, I don't think, oh, well, maybe, I don't know. You won't remember. Anyway, the, the bottom line is the son has never been outside this one room mm. and the mother's trying to keep him sane and you figure out certain things about it. And then the whole movie pivots and then it's about sort of adjustment. And like, it's, it's, it's super interesting. It's, I very, totally it's a very, it's an excellent film. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's move on. We got one more set of guests, uh, guest speakers. And then uh, we throw down the gauntlet. And then we throw the- down the gauntlet. <laughs> so this, uh, we got some, we got some fellow film critics going down uh, on this, on this going little group. Down on what? They work in going print down media. On what? Right. Print media. Yes, you missed me saying that. Uh, what? All right. Here I we go. I did miss it. 
Don't. We're gonna. It's, it's a strike one. five. Give him another strike. No, because if he gets one more, he's out. Uh, six, six strikes. He's out. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Baseball this is Gerard yeah. Milligan from Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Uh, a beautiful he's, he's, podcast. I don't know what they're about though, because it, <laughs> I, th- we're the only podcast about. Movies. Uh, so I, yeah. I'm guessing it has something to do. Maybe it's about the studio system. Gerard, take it away, buddy. So the only podcast about movies has reached a hundred episodes. I don't know why y'all call it that, because clearly there are other podcasts about movies, but maybe you guys are just in denial. Anyway, so let me review how you guys have been doing. Shahir, you gotta watch movies that have a little bit of joy and silliness sometimes, okay? Everything doesn't have to be all dramatic and sad for you to like it, all right? Buck up, guy. Have some fun. And Kroll, like better movies, okay? That's the thing. You like movies that are so silly, and some Marvel movies that I'm like, this movie is bad. So just be better about your movies. And for which movie is going to stand the test of time that you guys reviewed? How the hell am I supposed to know? I'm not a fortune teller. Dummies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gerard. I always thought you were a fortune teller. I think that's why we have him on the show. Really. I thought he's, he's, he's he prognosticates like, and <laughs> we understand. I feel like his entire review of you and me was basically spend a day in each other's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I think basically. <laughs> which we will never do because actually we probably, you know, even though you're like a foot taller than me, I think we have the same size foot. Oh, oh. man. You know what they say about guys. With I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> Big clubs. All right. We're moving on to my brother from another mother, Mr. Steven Buja from Same Night Movie Review and Oscar Watch Podcast. Again, I don't know. Oh, no, no. I know this one. They literally just look at a gold statue. Oh, yeah. for, for an hour and describe it. For an yeah, hour. They just keep that, saying yeah. it. All right. Else. Here we go. Steve, take it away. Hey, everyone. This is Steven Buja here. I just want to say a few words about Matt and Shahir. Uh, fun fact about Matt is that every time Matt mentions the MCU, a mutant gets his powers. And Matt gets paid a five-cent check. He doesn't cash it, though. He just sort of swims around in him, like Scrooge McDuck. And Shahir. Ugh. Shahir, the worst. Am I right? So intelligent, well-spoken, and a stupid sexy sexy accent and even has amazing hair fuck that guy together they make great music and you guys are unbeatable and i enjoy getting to be a part of a part of the show every now and then here's to 100 and at least 10 more but hopefully hundreds if not thousands of more episodes from you guys peace and love Take care. Was he hiking in the Appalachians again? I mean, so Steve is a <laughs> hiker. Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, much love to you uh, and your new family. He just had a daughter. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steve He's is a-, a hiker. He's done both the Appalachian and the Pacific Northeast. North. I don't know. Whatever yes. the big one. Northwest Trail. <laughs> yeah. Pacific Northeast. That'd be weird. Um, yeah. And do you want to intro, uh, intro our last one? Do you know who it is? Uh, I, I would, I, can I just would you love up? to? Is it, is make it, it up. Here we go. Is it Barack Obama? It is Barack Obama. Oh, it's, it's even better. Oh, Ivan. Yeah, Ivan from a reviewed podcast, a friend of the show. He better <laughs> like she hears hair. <laughs> That's been the <laughs> running point. theme. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right, next one is Ivan. Take it away. Greetings, Shahir and Matt. Congratulations on your centennial episode of being the only podcast about movies. So, uh, as requested, here are my reviews for you. Uh, My favorite film you all reviewed was Boyhood, believe it or not, uh, because actually I love that movie and you both kind of hated it. Um, But that's a good thing because it made me think about the film in kind of a new way and made me reappraise it and analyze why I like it and all that good stuff. I think too often we as film fans self-select opinions and sources that uh, agree with our own. So I like it when a podcast can make me challenge my own tastes. So even though I still like Boyhood quite a bit, I feel like your review kind of gave me a new perspective on it. So that's my favorite review. Here's my review of Matt. 
Matt is my Marvel brother from another mother, and although I tend to agree with she hears takes more often, I dig the fact that Matt actually likes to have fun. Also, I want to get one of those Batman voice changers that make me sound like Matt when I talk. You know, basically I want to change my voice so I can sound like Matt all the time because he has the voice of God. He was meant to be a radio DJ. Um, For my review of Shahir, um, I guess let me get this out of the way. Um, I'm going to suck up a little bit. I'm biased because I have an infinite amount of respect for Shahir. He's one of the most erudite film fans that I know. And although he most certainly hates fun, that's a downside, I still have a blast listening to him analyze movies, so I give him four obscure French art films out of five. Again, congratulations on 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more. Ah, thanks, Ivan. The only thing I would say is if you want Matt's voice, and this seems weird, is you got to wear really tight pants. Yeah. Uh, which is yeah. Keep all that power in yeah, there. Tight t-shirts You got to make pants. sure... You got to make sure it's contained. <laughs> and the other thing is, uh, it obviously is the case that I must really d- spend a lot of time doing my hair before I c- we come into the studio every episode because it seems to be a thing. It's, it's great hair. It's great hair. It's, you you know, know when you're like on a blind date and you can't find anything nice <laughs> to say? <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ivan, thank you so hair. much. Thank you so much for... Um, for thanks to all our everybody, guys. Thanks to all our guests who've appeared on the show yeah. and who've taken the time to... Spread the word about a hundred episodes of only movie podcast madness extraordinary. I really lost the train of this thought. <laughs> it's okay, but like the the fact that uh, so many great podcasts, uh, some of which uh, apparently about movies, we have to do more research. We have to do more research. I still uh, think we're the that, only one that they're they've done. They they've come on these guests and just people from all across our lives that have been on here, especially you guys, Red Jess. I know we're getting into a little bit sappy stuff before we reveal our final things, but I mean, you guys being a part of this has been uh, wonderful, not just tonight, but for the for the whole almost two years we've been doing this. Um, yeah. So thank you very much to the both of you and thank to you. yeah to also yeah. to thank everybody uh, who's been a part of it. Uh, but now. I feel like I want to get the lovey-dovey stuff sort of out of the I, way. I have a lovey-dovey thing to say. Okay. Okay. I, I she here. I need. I, I want to defend you because I don't think that you hate fun. What? <laughs> I think that your brand of fun looks a little bit different than everyone else's, but I think you're still a very happy, smiley person. And you are having fun, but it's just like different. Fun. Aw, thanks, Jis. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think you and I should go see Twilight together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then. And then yes. Yeah. See how yes. You know. <laughs> yes. Tell you what. Episode one hundred. You can watch. You can watch Twilight here, and I'm going to leave, but I'm going to put a camera pointing. <laughs> at the couch and I want to just catch your facial expressions. He's going to watch Twilight. Shahir's going to watch Twilight. It's going to be great. Yeah. That was very nice. Thank of you. you yeah. Jace. I appreciate yeah. that. Yes. I think, I think my brand of fun is slightly different in that uh, I want fun to actually be fun. Mm. Matt. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you have to know the definition first. Uh, okay. So <laughs> final, final test of time time. Yeah. Test of time time. Who wants to do it? Jess, you, you have been starting us off. I'm going to give you the option to start us off or I'm going to give you the option to finish it. I'll start it. Okay. okay. I'll start it. Well, I have to go back to if, if I'm factoring in blockbuster cult and award winner, the only one that I feel like touches on all of those is Mad Max. I feel like if I'm going to champion one, I have to champion that. Yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah. choice. And that's a film you think uh, in 10 years time, 20 years time, will still be part of the cultural lexicon. It'll be, uh, a film that will be talked about, will be revisited, will be 
uh, championed. Will 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 go on to have many reissues of DVDs. Stay on target. <laughs> don't don't let them pressure. Stay on target. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm uh, I'm asking because we're coming back in ten years. Yeah, may not be this room, but yeah. we're gonna be. Hey Google, remind me and no. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I mean, I feel like I. <laughs> <laughs> that was not staying on target. That's kind of the criteria. <laughs> I feel like of all the movies, I'm sorry, did I like blow your eardrum out? You have one other eardrum. That's the only rubbing one of them. Um, it's the only movie I saw in the theater more than once on this list. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but like, but can I not say Star Wars? I no, like- you can absolutely say Star Wars. Okay, you can say any film that we've reviewed. I feel like it has to be Star Wars then. And, and I think the thing about Star Wars, it's already done that. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's so clearly it's she's saying it, but she's saying it's still being 10 years. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, look, things have been super popular for 30 something years and then gone away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then come back. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I feel bad. I feel like I changed your changed your mind. I felt like I, I felt like when we started it off, I couldn't say Star Wars because you had said it had already done it. But that doesn't mean you don't have to listen to me for one. He, bu- he bullied you. <laughs> I literally, my whole persona is based on not listening to him. <laughs> you don't have to do it. You don't have to listen to a word. Okay, no. Then I'm changing my answer to Star Wars. Okay. okay. Which Good. which one? I have to do the. the it's got to be one movie. 1976 version. The the fourth first one. The fourth first one. A New Hope. The f- fourth one. The fourth, the fourth, fourth one. one. The fourth. May the force be with you. <laughs> the fourth one. Wow, That's we did great. that roundabout. Star Wars World. Extinction. All right. Good, good, good. Starlight. Starlight Starlight Wars. Red. Okay. Uh, Well, this is a difficult one uh, (laughs) because that's assuming there is one. Yeah. And well, I'm just going to put it out here as a possibility. Not that I believe this, but maybe just maybe out of a hundred films, there isn't one. (gasps) Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go the opposite route, which is saying they could be more than one, (laughs) but I don't believe that. Yeah. Right. But I think it should be considered that we only have a hundred films. And if we're talking about a film that has so much impact. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of pressure you put on us, Shahir. Yeah. That is unfair. Okay. Broaden the pool outside of our film. No, I don't care. No, don't do <laughs> no, no. I, I stayed with your, I stayed within your rules. Okay. And uh, there was a couple of other factors that I need to enumerate. Um, I haven't seen all the films that you reviewed. Okay. You punks. <laughs> okay. So that's hard. Um, Cause I probably haven't seen something that uh, may be better than, than my final conclusion. You should jump into the very lucrative career of film review. Yeah, it's, yeah. we're really banking on this. Yeah. Rake it in cash. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. God, they're, they're so rich. We're so sweaty. Uh, <laughs> Can't <laughs> afford so air conditioning yeah. in the studio. 100 yeah. degrees. It is so hot in here. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think at the end, end of the day, following your rules, minus the subsets that I have to go, I'm going to go with get out. Okay. And it's because, as I've, I've said before, it touches on a lot of things. Uh, it has, there's a certain universal uncomfortableness that it provides every audience member. Not only that, I don't want to be the white guy that, <laughs> that's talking about uh, the state of our race relations, mm-hmm. especially since, you know, the, uh, our last president of the United States couldn't even really dig into that. So it wasn't permitted to, or it's just, you know, it was hard to become part of a conversation because it's a conversation we've been having or been trying to have, trying to start Mm -hmm. since, you know, uh, two, uh, since two centuries ago. So it's the original sin of America. Uh, yes, yes. Um, so, but because we're always going to be having this conversation and because 
uh, Mr. Peel found such a great way to talk about what it is right now, mm -hmm. or at least from his experience. And also I'll be honest with you from my experience, mm -hmm. I was like, this is great. This is, there's a universe universality to it. That is, that is palpable. Um, that I think that even if we get better at our, at our relationships, uh, race wise, mm -hmm. we're still going to have the awkward moments of meeting the parents. And what if they turn out to be killers? Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's so many layers. <laughs> I, I was just going to go, what if they turn out to be racist, but you, you took it to another level well, well, as saying, the film did. I'm yeah. saying, I'm saying, what if we get rid of the racism, right? Yeah. There's still a lot, there's still there. a lot of murderers. Yeah. There's a lot there. It's a great <laughs> horror film. And I think as we discussed, it's the smarter horror films like science, of the land, Jonathan mm -hmm. Demi, that will last much longer than the other, than the other kind of like jump scare movies. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there, it's got a lot of energy behind it. And, um, if you say anything other than get out, <laughs> you were factually wrong. Okay. Okay. Shahir. <laughs> I'm going to say it is something other than get out. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, it's funny. It's, it's weird to me that I actually didn't put it down on my list anywhere. Uh, and I'm, I'm sort of kind of questioning, why didn't I do that? You were in the sunken place. I was in the sunken place about Get Out, and I, I didn't um, think about it enough. Um, I, I I definitely wholeheartedly agree. I, I agree with both of you. Jess, uh, without a doubt, uh, Star Wars has already met that definition of, of standing the test of time. It has uh, entered the popular culture lexicon to a point where uh, it's impossible to avoid it. Mm -hmm. uh, Get Out, I think, is a good candidate for doing... A similar thing, but probably not in the in a sort of more popular way. It's not going to franchise toys or sell uh, Star Wars Happy Meals or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, get out Happy Meals. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, They'd come with like a deer head <laughs> yeah. and uh, and yeah. racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like thinking too, like things of like what what would like kids see and like also my grandparents have seen. Right. Yeah. And and I think I think I think Get Out is more of a candidate in the same way that Goodfellas. No, it's not even in the same way of Goodfellas because it was popular when it came out. Um, I'm not, you know, I guess I, I, I think it'll just have opportunities to be rediscovered over and over. Yeah. And I, I guess at this point I felt like get out was a good, a really good starting point for the career of Jordan Peele. And, and I, I feel like he's going to go on to do better cinematic things. starting point. Yeah. The, for his, yeah, yeah. his, uh, his filmmaking career. But what's yours buddy. But for me, I actually, the, the same reasons as get out. But I think OJ Made in America is going to be the film that will stand the test of time. Wow. Uh, but for the same reasons, because I think it is uh, an important conversation about race in America. I think it does it really um, systematically and but, you know, in a way that is entirely riveting. I think it'll be talked and taught about. I agree. As soon as I say it, it's not going to like you're not going to have midnight screenings of it like you might of Mad Max. No, Mad Max see it being put on the television in history, uh, history uh, classrooms. Yeah. And I think it's going to stand the test of time. So if if we're coming down to films that I want to stand, stand the test of time versus films that um, I think will be popular uh, I'm going to go with films that I want to stand the test of time and I want OJ to stand the test of time because I think it's an important historical document of our time. Um, and, 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 you know, for example, uh, DW Griffith's, uh, birth of a nation is a film that stood the test of time for the exact wrong reasons. And I feel like OJ made in America is a film that well, should it, stand it did the, give us cross burning it cross. It also gave us cross cutting. Um, but that's the reason why we talk about that. Film. So, so many I, crosses to me. <laughs> so oh, I think, oh. uh, uh, for me, 
Uh, I'm going to put my money on OJ Made in America. I would have uh, I would have liked to have put my money on Moonlight, but I feel, you know, it's weird that an Oscar win can can detract from that slightly. Um, but uh, but I I'm happy to put my money on uh, OJ Made in America. Yeah, I mean, I, we've already I've already done the disagreeing thing. So, I, I mean, I, it's, it's all our picks and, you know, rock and roll. Uh, you know, I was kind of hoping uh, that we'd have a, a, a match. Like that, so like out of the four of us, we could have a definitive winner because I'm all about winning. Uh, but and I was this close, Jess, because mine is Mad Max Fury Road, and so I was like, huh? And then Shahir took Deflated it away from it. me. Uh, no, technically did you did. did. You did yeah. it. I you did, did this. Um, <laughs> no, I think Mad Max Fury Road a hundred percent will be a film that keeps getting brought back and and crosses the most of our if. If I'm going for sheer number in a weird way, like it crosses the or checks off most of the boxes out mm-hmm. of all of the things that we've talked about. Will it be shown at midnight screenings and be sort of a, a favorite to the masses and, and sort of the non masses for a long time? Yes. Will it will it if it's on TV or if it's on somewhere where you're watching it, if it's available on a plane, will you watch it again? Absolutely. Will I be thinking on the subway or when I'm traveling and something reminds me of like, oh, what a lovely day. And I'll be like, oh, shit, like. I want to watch Mad Max again. Like there's just so many instances where I, I can see myself and others wanting to rewatch this film. Uh, I think that overall uh, it, it checks so many boxes. And I think that's why I think out of all of us in 10 years, Mad Max Fury Road, it's so weird because it's our first episode we ever did. And I, I felt so weird writing that down. Like, Oh, well, we haven't gotten a better yeah. movie since number one. <laughs> um, it's hard. It, yeah, it's hard. also, it also isn't uh, I don't think we're talking about like, better. What's, I, know, I know. And also one other thing I want to stress is that I think all the movies we've picked, will be around in 10 years. Like, it's not, you know, like there's, yes. there's no being like, very confrontational for the sake of entertainment, yeah, but there's not like one movie only there can, there's not a Highlanders kind of scenario. Even Highlander isn't a Highlander because there's more than one Highlander movie. True. Yeah. yeah uh, but one is non-canonical. <laughs> That's the sound of brains exploding. Highlander two drool. Matt, before we go out, mm-hmm. I bought you a prison. What? Because, I, because it's a hundredth episode. Oh no! And 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 I thought we, you know, I was thinking about movies that stand the test of time. There's one movie that you've referred to many, many times. <laughs> that um, that 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 I think I feel like you don't think about enough, uh, or maybe you do. I don't know. It's about a man going on a trying to. How would if I this is it? about driving, I'm gonna fuck across <laughs> the table. It's about a man. Really, really upset at the loss of his dog. Oh wow! Oh, oh yeah, it's fucking. It's um. It's uh, John Wick. Umberto D on the Criterion Collection. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I think. Uh, and I, I don't have the Blu-ray. I have the DVD. This is awesome. And it's for a couple of reasons because I think uh, um, same plot as John Wick. <laughs> same plot as John Umberto Wick. D. <laughs> oh my god! It's like the prequel. Right? 1952 Criterion Collection. This is one of my top fives. That's exactly. The most I, loving embrace of a dog I've ever seen. It's on the so good. And you want to cry, Jess? You want to fucking cry? <laughs> this is the movie. You want to cry? You want to cry, cry <laughs> Jess? That sounded so. No, it's asked me that this a is long why you, time. This is why you don't do so well on 10 
Tinder. I, uh, side note, I've been doing great on Tinder. Actually, more Bumble. Bumble's better. Thank you so much. I appreciate um, it. And it's just because I also wanted to give you a Criterion uh, Blu-ray because I think part of the the act of um, t- choosing a film of Test of Time is curating it in some way, curating it and talking about it and creating a discussion. So that's why I'm a big fan of the Criterion Collection. And I wanted you to have that. And I think it thought it was appropriate. I watched. I, it's funny because I watched this maybe like three weeks ago. Oh, really? And I was like. Man, like DVD's fine, yeah. but like, oh, I wish that I had the fucking Blu-ray of this. So thank you very much. I am your genie in a bottle. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna rub me the right way. Um, well, guys, Wait, that's a strike for Matt. I Surely, mean, it's yeah. a quote from a famous song. Doesn't matter. Okay, it's yeah. a strike. Is that song it's a, timeless though? No, <laughs> it's a strike for Matt. And guys, I mean, I, I I wanted to get everyone at least a special little beverage. Uh, so I got us the most expensive beverage money can buy. Uh, Martinelli's sparkling cider. <laughs> open it with your wallet. I'm gonna open it with my wallet. Yep. It's not gonna have the same cork noise as we're used to for champagne, but that's the kind of that's the kind of joint we run. And you know I don't drink alcohol, so yeah, it's true. So I, I got us little flutes. Oh. oh, I got us little flutes to drink this They've out been of here the whole time. Yeah, that, that, I didn't even notice. I, I, well, they're empty. I just, yeah. so. Yeah, if it means anything, I noticed. I mean, they were Are sitting directly on the table. Are you going to drink yours out of a beaker? I, I love science. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought that was like a mana pot. <laughs> no, it's both. Can it be both? I'm What's pouring the name right of that now. Beaker? Yes. There's, a, there's a name oh, for it. Oh, it smells so good. Yeah. Listen, guys, uh, I know everyone know. doesn't have the drinking problem that I, I, I used to rate movies with alcohol. I feel like this has saved me. <laughs> we've, we've, we've grown up. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'm filling my beaker. Meh, 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 meh. She got it. She got it. (laughs) Uh, Thank you to everyone in this room for making my life better and watching movies with me. And Shahir, thank you so much for (laughs) being a wonderful co-host and good Uh, friend. And I'm glad to now be living in your backyard. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I feel awkward about it. It's fine. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers Mm. Here's to 100 more. Nothing's more uh, inviting to an audio listening than <laughs> listening to people drink Martinelli's sparkling cider. And then smacking their lips afterwards. Mm, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by... Martinelli's! <laughs> Guys, this has been the 100th episode of the only podcast about movies. I cannot believe we have been doing it for as long as we have, and I would love to keep doing it forever. And um, I want to do a 10-year anniversary when we try and figure out uh, if these uh, picks actually hold up. Can we make it... Can we make it uh, at 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 uh, at ten thirty, not eleven, because I have something eleven. I've already moved it okay. twice. Yeah, two thousand twenty-six. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just got a trapper keeper full of appointments. Wet hot American summer movie that'll stand the test of time. Um, <laughs> guys, uh, Shahir, where when we're not patting ourselves in the back for two hours, where can folks find you? You can find me at shahirdaud.com. That's S H A H I R D A U D dot com with all my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook bullshit on there. Fair enough. Red, if people wanted to hunt you down, I know it's difficult on the interwebs, but there's, where, where should they start place. the ARG that is your life yeah. online? There, okay, you can start following the trail that is the red br- uh, breads, breadcrumbs. Okay, the red uh, breadcrumbs. Yes, the red breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. The bread breadcrumbs. Redcrumbs. Redcrumbs. Red where can they do that? Uh, at Crankshaft59 on Twitter. Okay. That's uh, Crankshaft59. On Twitter. On Twitter. Twitter. Jessica, if someone was so enamored by the loveliness of your voice and and opinion, where could folks- many, many- We have. Yeah, many, many people. Where could aspiring um, vampires uh, find you in order to be sired? You can- (laughs) (laughs) Again, how well are you doing on Tinder? (laughs) 
Uh, very well. <laughs> I have. Jess, I'm tell so jealous. Where can folks find you? If you want to see me cry on Instagram, I'm at Jess Tucker. <laughs> She'll be watching Umberto D. And <laughs> not hear my voice on Twitter. Yeah. I'm at Mother Tucker. M O T H A T U C K A. Nice. Thank you. And uh, and Matt, where can we find you coming up with crazy, crazy reaching puns? You can find me on Tinder and Bumble yeah. and Hater, which is really kind of fun. Uh, also, side note, I've been getting a lot of great. Uh, I, I, you know, girls on guys too have a whole thing about swiping left if like swipe left if you can't handle me at my worst and you don't deserve me at my best like that sort of like just weird stuff yeah I find that weird I do too so I put one and mine is swipe left if you main Hanzo <laughs> Red got it it's an Overwatch, Overwatch. joke it's deep oh. nerdy video game talk I've gotten more actual dates off of that line it's been amazing. So I, I, if you want, guys, if you're looking for dating advice. That's it. I'm putting, I'm amazing. Now on. <laughs> you yeah. should. Uh, you can Wait, find me. You have a wife. <laughs> Doesn't mean I can't shop around. I can. <laughs> oh my God. Don't, don't put your, your sex normative culture onto me, man. All right. All right. Uh, you can find me at Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram, Emperor MSK on Twitter, or Matthew Kroll, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. Does anyone have anything, last minute things they want to say before we go out? Because next week, I mean, we're going to go back to normal and it's going to be 101 and it's not going to be special until 102. <sighs> I got to say, this has been great and I enjoy all of your guests. I do have a favorite. I'm not going to mention who it is, Dra, but I, <laughs> <laughs> one wow. day I really hope to do something special with him. And uh, <laughs> you can find him. Is that a strike? Is that a strike? Just yeah, check I, the book. Yeah, you just got your own little Oh, break. come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'm, a, I'm in the wiki, I also, so you got to go with the shopping around on Tinder as yeah. well. Come on. Uh, like, not I just, I'm just I inappropriate. Do, yeah. I don't do yeah, bad you things. Get to. Yeah. Tinder. You're still no. winning here. Of course. Like, yeah. um, Double. But, but also, you guys really, again, you've brought so much to the table, being not only the only uh, podcast about films, but, you know, just making us think and talk. And whether we agree or not agree, you're really helping make a positive contribution to the Aww. community of cinema and the community of fun. Maybe. <laughs> we, can, we can do both. Like I said in the beginning, is it too much also, to ask for both? It's also, they're, they're uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Also, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. guys, seriously. Thank you so much. Thank for you so much. Out. We both appreciate of you. you guys being here for the 100th episode. And uh, fun. we'll see you. Well, we'll everyone see you will be again. back. Yeah. Everyone will be back. See you on the internet. Oh, by the way, when you sat down, there's a, a de demonic contract that now you have to keep appearing on the show. I'm so sorry. I was There's a skeleton behind me, and I was wondering what oh, happened to that guy. Oh, he's over there. What there happened he to is. him? Don't worry about it, but he's been <laughs> reviewing for a long time. I literally <laughs> thought you were going to say, when you sit down, there is a voucher underneath your seat for a new car. You get a new car. You get a new car. You get a new car. And we're getting out of here now. See you for one. 101. Oeuvre. <laughs> Wait, let's end it with that. Ready? Three, two, one. Oeuvre. 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 <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>